Which drafter will shock us in the first two rounds for the second straight night? How will drafters handle the Ravens' backfield and Julio Jones? And which squad will be at the top of the heap after 20 rounds of battle? Follow along with the live draft board tonight. Watch our pick-by-pick analysis right here. We're going to call the action for the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joe's crane kick number three to see who's going to win a 2023 FFPC main event squad. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott and Dave Terpoli are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture. Are we not all our father's sons? I became a man. Nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. And we also have the wonderful stylings of my other co-host, Dave Terpoli. You follow Farrell on Twitter at Elliott, Dave on Twitter at Dave Terp. Tonight we have the third of six special episodes for you. It's the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joes Crane Kick League number three draft tonight. We'll be covering it until its completion. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in, uh, for us in there. The show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Uh, and of course, uh, Farrell at J. Farrell Elliott, Dave at Dave Terp. And then don't forget about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship to play in that at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR. And you can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, we'll uh, try to get through them uh, throughout the uh, show tonight. Uh, you can post in the YouTube chat, the Facebook chat, whatever you'd like. Uh, and then, of course, uh, all of this is possible not only because of the godfather of the pros versus Joe's fantasy mojo on Twitter at uh beg your pardon fantasymojo.com at fantasy mojo on Twitter. Darren Armani popping aboard uh probably tonight at some point I would imagine. He has done it before. Um so we want to welcome in my co-host right now. It is Farrell Elliott and Dave Turpoli. Gentlemen, welcome into the broadcast. Are we excited to do this for a third straight night? I know things got a little exciting Last well, really, things have been exciting the last couple of nights, but I know it's going to be a, a lot of fun again tonight. Back again, let's do it, Balky. It's always exciting when you're in the room. You know, I wish you would be in the room in Cincinnati, Balky. Is there any way you could come down for the KFFSC in Cincinnati? It's doubtful, given how busy I am uh, at, at that point of the year. But but it but it's always possible. Uh, One day we'll, we'll, trip. 26 yeah, exactly. days, July 26th today, 26 days, 26, one of my favorite numbers, Skip Alonzo Thomas, <laughs> part of the Great Raiders Soul Patrol backfield. Was that a great name for a group? I didn't realize there was a Soul Patrol backfield. This is Yeah, Willie Brown, George Atkinson, uh, Jack Tatum, and, and Skip, who showed up. What year was this? This is in the early 70s. It's... Uh, <laughs> Skip showed up 
Um, one year, I was thinking about this as everyone was reporting to camp today. Skip showed up one year driving a white Corvette with Dr. Death in black stencil written on it. And that was kind of the way he played. But yeah, that was the Soul Patrol. All right, guys, we have the uh, the first round uh, up here right now. I assume you guys can both see it. Um, I'm going to introduce the drafters. I got to step out momentarily here. Rashad Cobb drafting from the one spot, FFPC Joe, DraftSharks.com, Matt Schaub, Shelly Fossum picking from the third spot tonight, Ben Gretsch stealing signals, and Sean Siegel teaming up from Rotoviz to uh, form the cleanup hitters tonight. Jason Steves picking fifth. Jack Miller from Established the Run. Justin Baker and John Brock and FFPC. Joe Tandem picking seventh. Josh Larkey from the 33rd team is in the eighth slot. Liz Ballard, FFPC Joe, and person who's going to be on the High Stakes Fantasy Football over this Friday night picking ninth. Guru Elites, Jeff Manns, Chris and Alan Chapman picking 11th, and Drew Davenport from footballguys.com. You guys can go through the first round here. No big surprises, uh, uh, really, I guess, when, when we look at this. Um, I, uh, Turp, is there anything that stands out to you uh, right now? It's a pretty standard first round. I mean, nothing that really is out of the ordinary. Top five is pretty much how the top five should be. Travis Kelsey, I guess you can say. Austin Eckler. No real surprises. Hopefully they get some little more life in this draft. This is pretty standard so far. Well, it's and it, one of the things that's most standard is Jeff Manns was on auto pick, so you can that's <laughs> that's standard as well. You know, uh, Terp, just real quick, uh, Jeff did email me tonight. He's uh, got a thing going on with his son, like a son's baseball game, so he is is drafting from the app. So he said he might load up his queue and and uh, make sure that he's getting the right pick. That so could be interesting. I think that's that's what happened with that pick tonight. He just loaded up in the receiver core, too. I thought you were going away. Well, he's, he has gone away for a while. Uh, there there he goes. A C.D. Lamb shows up to start uh, uh, to start the second round, Terp. A little bit of a difference from last night, but still standard spot. I mean, Lamb usually goes right around that level. You know, Nothing. there goes Barkley off the field as a sec or off the board, a second pick of the second round. Uh, Turp, it's interesting. You and I, I think, are in the same place with the Giants. We get there different ways. And and last night we talked about Barkley climbing the board. Um, th this is a big climb, and and I think he certainly deserves uh, that spot. It, I wonder if it's Barkley climbing the board, or it's, it's all the other running backs falling out of favor. You know, there's so I think many it's just Barkley is just so hot right now. I what makes him, him so hot? hot? What, what is so – is everyone buying into the fact that he's healthy? Is that enough to make him hot? You see all, the, like, the pictures of him with his guns out. Ah. and I mean, it's yeah. hard not to be on board. I mean, there's nobody behind him. New offense, new, you know, coaching staff. It's really hard not to like Barkley. I honestly think he can get up in the top. Seven eight by the time we draft late. Well, September. if you if you walk through an NFL locker room, you're going to see lots of bodies that are built that way. Although I will give credit to him, he looks like he's put in the work. One thousand percent has. This is, can he stay healthy? That's his only question. It, yeah, well, that was the question about that whole team last year. I, I looked at something. You know, we were we were talking about the new coaches and and Garrett and how that was tough on Jones. I remembered very early in the year last year that they went down to New Orleans and won a game. And I thought, okay, the Giants are going to get in a, in a move here. And I, I was looking around and I saw something. I can't remember what the number was, but the team that they had envisioned, their starting lineup that they 
that, that was on the depth chart to start the season on the paper, got 59 snaps together. It was a disaster of a season from that. 59 snaps. You know, (laughs) fantasy players aren't the only ones that can have their year go to hell through injury. Great. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about the first round here, and we'll we'll go through it, um, guys. Uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, to uh, Rashad Cobb, Cooper Cup to Matt Shell, Christian McCaffrey to Shelly Fossum. After that, uh, stealing signals and uh, Rotoviz. Uh, that is uh, Gretch and Siegel take uh, Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase right after that to uh, Jason Steves, and then we have Travis Kelsey going to uh, Jack Miller. After that, um, we also have. Uh, um, Austin Eckler to um, Justin Baker and John Brock, Stephon Diggs to Josh Larkey, Najee Harris uh, goes off the board to Liz Ballard, and then Devontae Adams to Jeff Manns, Joe Mixon to Chris and Alan Chapman, Drew Javenport takes Dalvin Cook. Farrell, we haven't talked a whole lot about Dalvin Cook because he's been kind of all over the place. Um, we, we've seen him as a mid-first-round pick. We've seen him sometimes go to the mid-second. Why do you think his value is fluctuating so much? Uh I don't know. You should ask Terp that because, uh, first of all, I'm concerned about what's going on up there. Uh, I'll make some other 70s references from football players, you know, but you've got some, you know, I'm trying. These background noises are very disconcerting. I have uh, thrown my allegiance of commentary, uh, Terp, to all the Joes. Uh, I I don't think the pros necessarily, with the exception of Mans, know what in the hell they're doing. Uh, I don't know. Josh Larkey has a great start from number eight. Right I'm now. I'm with all the Joes. My money is I, I'm waiting to see what Shelly Fossum does in the uh, with her next pick. I'm a big fan of the way she drafts. But uh, yeah, okay. Well, you can take the uh, you can take the pros in this one, and I'll I'll take the, the pros in this one. I think they got a good shot so far. Which, I like team what were you done. talking about? Team seven. What? Team eight. Great start. Can't really ask for much more in the first two rounds. You have a guy. Well, yeah, you are, you're definitely in on Swift and man, you, the second round. Yeah, that's fantastic. In on Diggs too. I mean, Diggs yeah. usually finishes the wide receiver one. Can you find someone who isn't in on Diggs? I don't think that person exists. I think everybody saw what happened last season and knows it was a little bit of a fluke. I mean, he still mm-hmm. had a really solid season, but what could have been, I mean, he's a target monster and everybody keeps talking about all the guys around him. But, I mean, he's still Allen's guy, and he's still the best player on that team not named Josh Allen. So, to me, he's going to get another 150 targets, and and the touchdowns are going to start coming. And then when they do, like I said, he has potential to be the wide receiver one this year. What does his season – how does his season look differently than the season that Adams is going to have at the Raiders? Continuity uh, with Josh Allen, he's had it's his second season now, third season now with him. I just think that the Bills obviously are a hot team. Everybody's on the Bills. Yeah. Everybody loves the Bills, and for you know, rightful cause. Adams has a little bit of growing pains. You know, coming from Rogers, I mean, him and Rogers had the rapport of rapports. They really can't. You really can't get much better than what they had. Mm-hmm. Not that Derek Carr. I mean, he played with him in college, but that was a long time ago. And do I think Adams is still going to be a really solid season? Yeah. I mean, is there guys that I probably would consider over him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second? Probably. But, you know, you got to have some, you got to have some just ability to be able to adapt to a new situation. And I think Adams will do that. It's just a question of how quickly. 
Well, let's review the second round. We started off at C.D. Lamb with team number 12, and then team 11, uh, the Chapmans came in with Barkley. We, we talked about it. A small tight end run. Pitts uh, is the number two tight end off the board. Then Mark Andrews uh, goes to team number nine. That's Liz Ballard. Um, a running back uh, run. We begin with Swift, Aaron Jones, Giovanni Williams, and Derrick Henry. Stop there with team number five. That's Jason with team number five, Derrick Henry. Terp, is is that late for Henry in your mind? No, I would have passed on him too. You would have passed on him. Why, why do you not like Henry? If you because I know that you're not, I know you're not on board with the quarterback. I know you understand it's a it's a running team. Uh what what's what's your problem with Henry and where would you where would you spend draft capital? on him in any high stakes leagues i wouldn't spend any capital on him to me the cliff's coming and i just like i I like a ton of guys over him yeah okay would you draft him if he was still available say if you're at the number one slot you have jonathan taylor i think that value is too good to pass up i don't think he'll ever get there in drafts if he came with jonathan taylor you're not going to have any. Teams. He's getting close for four picks. He's getting close. Every smart, every very person that I trust in the high stakes world does not like Derrick Henry. Will they take him at a value? Anybody will take somebody at a value. You're not going to see many Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry teams if it came. Just if they different. take him at a value, to me, that means they like him. That's just mm-hmm. a different definition. I just don't. There's always one guy in the draft who, who likes him more than you. And yeah. I haven't. This is the farthest I've seen Henry fall. In me the, too. Me too. A while. Well, also we the can... highest I've seen James Conner go. And last night he went fourth round, I think it was. Yeah, well, let's get to that. There's a lot of Conner love out there. Uh, but this is this is some fascinating love, and that's one of your pros. So let's talk about that. Henry, uh, we pick back up with two receivers, Higgins and Evans. I'd like to come back to you, Terp, and talk about Higgins. Conner and Leonard Fournette ran out the second round. Uh, T. Higgins, the number two receiver at Cincinnati, now with some question mark, although the quarterback will bounce back from his routine surgery. Uh, Why Higgins there in front of some of these number ones? I'm worried. I mean, I would have took personally Mike Evans. I don't fault the Higgins pick. That offense is probably – Top one, two, three in football. And okay. there's plenty of plenty of you know targets to go around. Higgins has plenty of spike weeks. You saw them all last week. I mean, all last year. Sorry. Yeah. Um Burrow is, you know, a monster. And people keep saying he's gonna have some touchdown regression. I think if anything, he could get better. I mean, that guy just makes all the throws. I and hope he has chases boys. I hope he has some regression in sacks. That's what I would like to see. I'd like the to offensive see... line got better, and if they protect him, I mean, think about some of them disaster of playoff games he had: seven, eight, nine sacks. I think it was yeah. against the Titans, and they Rough still stuff. won. That's a yeah. testament to the quarterback to figure out a way to just survive. And I mean, if that if he had one, two, three more seconds, the Bengals won the Super Bowl. Fantastic! Wide open down the field. Or even the basic throw he could have made to P. Ryan. We could be talking about a totally different situation right now. Mm-hmm. But they, they addressed that. So I, I expect the Bengals to continue to be just as good as they were last year. Well, I see no reason why they shouldn't be. Um, it's a tough division. Our drafters are responding with three 
um, Cincinnati Bengals taken in the first 21 picks. Let's take a look at the third round as it completes here. We, you talk about shooting up Travis at the end, the third running back for our number one team, uh, Cobb Nation, third running back. Starts with three straight green stickers. Taylor followed by Fournette down. The first pick of the third round is Etienne. Alvin Kamara, there's a lot of hope there for team number two. Uh, Shelly Fossum comes back selecting Debo Samuel. Um, Darren Waller is our fourth tight end off the board, and he pretty much seems to fall in the middle of this third round. Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, A.J. Brown, the darling of the middle of the third round, Michael Pittman, have a significant wide receiver run. It's Chubb, then Ezekiel Elliott, our second team, Team 11. That's the Chapmans. They're going with three running backs to start. There's are Mixon, Barkley, and now Ezekiel Elliott. And we'll wait on the number 12 selection. Um, this looks very much like we did uh, like we saw last night, Tariq Hill may be a little later. Uh, do you see a build here that you really admire, uh, Terp? I mean, there's a lot of good starts. I mean, it, it's hard to say, like, you know, top three rounds, you know, there's right. a bunch of them. No, I love what the team in number one did. I mean, most people are anti-starting running back like that, but you got three studs. Fournette discounts mm-hmm. over. And ETA, hey. he's my guy, so I'm all aboard that train. We've got Balky back, and Balky, we have reviewed all three rounds. Good, excellent. And, and George Kittle finishes out the third round. Turp and I can find nothing wrong with any of these teams. Uh, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Ezekiel Elliott in the third round, Turp's never going to sign off on that. Uh, what don't you like about Elliott? Let's talk about that. Tell well, me I mean, what I mean, you don't like about Ezekiel Elliott as either a football player or a fantasy football player. Besides Tony that, he's a cowboy. Better. We'll start there. I'm Tony sorry, Pollard. I did not hear that. Cody Pollard's better. We'll start there. Okay. And he's just better. And Ezekiel uh-huh. Elliott is just not – he's starting to get into the dusty category. You while can find Tony so many other Pollard guys. was better, and while many drafters had written off Ezekiel Elliott last year – he caught 47 balls. He rushed for over 1,000 yards. He had he double-digit touchdowns, and he was injured playing while he was injured, which is one of the – as a fantasy owner, that's one of the greatest things I admire as a guy that answers the bell. He's definitely a tough guy. Mm-hmm. I'm also With a Cowboys statistics. hater. Tony Pollard's a very, very good player. Do you see any inclination from the Dallas team – which, you know, seems to show a little loyalty to their players, that they're going to reverse roles and give Pollard the lead back position? I, I wish that was true, but Elliott makes too much money. They're not just going to phase him Well, out. I think you wish it was true because it would con- clarify your narrative on Elliott. I don't think it has anything. To, I think he makes the money because he delivers the goods. You and I will just disagree with this, and I will point out, sir, we are no relation, Mr. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. <laughs> Um, right, the pick right before that, guys, Nick Chubb goes to fan, uh, beg your pardon, um, Guru Elites, um, Jeff Manns normally goes at the 302 on uh, these drafts. Farrell, why do you think he slipped almost a full round tonight? And uh, and Manns gets his number one running back with about eight or nine picks uh, worth yeah. of value there. 
Yeah, didn't he slip out of favor last night as well? I don't know why he's dropping, especially when the quarterback situation isn't determined. Yeah, there's um, there's been no breaking news. So I, I that's yeah. what I don't understand. Last 48 hours, what's happened? Yeah, well, you know, in Cleveland, there's question marks. And when there's question marks, people go another direction. Um, So he gets Nick Chubb there. He gets Brees Hall in the fourth round. Did you guys talk a little bit about Rashad Cobb's uh, start here, Terp? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, Travis Etienne in this format, the best ball slim format, 20 rounds, tight end premium, obviously a set it and forget it situation here. Uh, but he gets uh, three running backs to start. I guess when you do that, Dave, when, when is it too much? Like when do you start um, pounding the other positions and how many more running backs would you go if you start off with three running backs? If I'm starting off like this, I'm probably taking two, maybe, maybe a, maybe a third, just like a late round, 20th round type of guy. To me, it's just pound yellow, pounds yes. like tight ends, quarterbacks. Just keep going. I mean, this guy, I love his start. Most people would never do it. I mean, everybody loves receivers. Everybody loves just pounding receivers, pounding receivers, and, and continuing with tight ends and all that stuff. But to me, I love his start. I'm a big ETN guy. I've, I've drafted him multiple times on the show. I, I talk about him all the time. The James Robinson noise doesn't scare me. So I love his start. Um, guys, uh, let's wait. I, I, there's another player I want to bring up, but he hasn't been chosen yet, but we saw a lot of players go on the pup list, um, non-football injury list today. And we'll, we'll get into those guys as we go on, uh, uh, throughout the draft tonight. Can't um, wait for this conversation. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. I've been um, waiting for it all day. Farrell, Kyle Pitts ahead of Mark Andrews here. Jeff Mann's getting his guys here. We normally see Mark Andrews go ahead of Kyle Pitts. By about a half round plus here. And tonight he is selected. Jeff, knowing that Pitts is not going to make it back to him in the third round, he gets his guy right there. What do you make of that, Pitts over Andrews? Mm, I wouldn't do it, but I can understand why he did, especially if he wants a team with Pitts. Uh, yeah, it's, that's that's not my pick. You know, the, the Baltimore Ravens, everything runs through the quarterback. we got to remember that. And, well, who does the quarterback throw the ball and I say he throws the ball. I don't particularly call him a passer. I call him a thrower. He throws the ball to Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews knows how to get open, stay open, and make the contested catch. Mark Andrews is a better player than Kyle Pitts at this point in his career. Pitts has superstar upside, but not with that quarterback and not this year in Atlanta. You know, I'm just realizing this now, too. Um, Team 11 tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who is – and I just had my, my – That's the Chapmans. Yes, Chris and Alan Chapman. Thank you, Farrell. Uh, they start off with three straight running backs tonight, and they get Marquise Brown here with the uh, 402 pick. So not the only team. In fact, they're they're commenting about this in the YouTube chat right now. We have seen wide receivers get really pushed up the board. Terp, it seems like it's a running back draft tonight. How do you sort of, when you're doing these best ball tournament drafts at myffpc.com, how do you sort of roll with that? When when you see the receivers being taken early, are you pushing up receivers on, on your board or or vice versa? Are you pushing up the running backs when you see them going early? I'm definitely not pushing up the running backs. Receivers, definitely. I feel like there's a huge drop-off after, like, the third round, guys. Like, I like Brees Hall, but, I mean, I already talked about not really a James Conner guy, not really an Elliott guy, I'm not really a Nick Chubb guy. Um, you know, all these guys that are going here, I feel like the drop-off's coming. And then after that, I think it gets kind of – the dead zone running back that everybody talks about is coming, and it's ugly. So I like these receivers <laughs> continue to get pushed up and sign me up for all of them. Uh, fourth round nearing its completion here uh, tonight. We have Drew Davenport, who's getting some love in the YouTube chat. 
for his start right now. DJ Moore with uh, the 401 tonight. Marquise Brown just mentioned that to Chapman's at 402. Brees Hall to Jeff Mann's at 403. First quarterback goes off the board at 404 tonight. Uh, that is to uh, Liz Ballard and then a bunch of receivers. Jalen Waddle goes to Josh Larkey. Brandon Cooks uh, goes off the board to Justin Baker and John Brock. Uh, then you're seeing Deontay Johnson to establish the runs, Jack Miller. Cam Akers uh, is the next pick after that to Jason Steves. And then the rest of the round is all receivers. Cortland Sutton to Gretsch and Siegel. Allen Robinson to Fossum. Terry McLaurin to Shelf, And then DK Metcalf wraps things up uh, for Rashad Cobb here. I always want to call him Randall, and he, he was just on the high stakes <laughs> fantasy football hour. Every time I see that, and I was like, oh, Randall Cobb. Rashad Cobb takes DK Metcalf at the end of the fourth round. I'm just putting out there. I'm going to make that mistake multiple times tonight. So I apologize to Rashad and everybody else in advance. Um, one of the comments in the fourth round here of this draft, I got to scroll up to see it here. Uh, Curtis Patrick, uh, who drafted last night with Ryan McDowell, he says he loves the Sutton pick at the 409. He wanted him at 402 last night and he was already off the board. Uh, Farrell, what about Cortland Sutton this year uh, versus let's say Jerry Judy. I think we might've talked about this, but um, new viewers tonight, tell us a little bit about Sutton versus Judy for you. Well, I think we're all, uh, I think we know the track record of Sutton. There's, uh, you know, they they run pretty close in drafts, except here tonight. Uh, I'm a Sutton guy. I think Terp is too. I don't particularly know what else we can say about it. I think he's the He's the player with the biggest bounce back and the highest level of expectation. Denver is full of really good wide receivers. Uh, Terp, something we talked about last night, and we talked about Russell Wilson. The general manager at Denver, uh, George Payton, he goes out and, and he gets Russell Wilson because he thinks he has the team uh, to, con to contend. He thinks he's there. So he goes out and he brings Russell Wilson in. Do you think – we get the same kind of Russell Wilson that we saw in Seattle, or do you expect to see more passes, um, more, uh, uh, yeah, more offensive run, more offense running through Russell Wilson as he moves out of as Seattle and gets away from that run-heavy offense? You don't trade the farm to run an offense like Pete Carroll did. I expect Russell Wilson to be up and down the field as yeah. much as they'll possibly let him. In every that one respect, of those, every one of those receivers have value. Exactly. Like, like you said with Sutton, I'm a Sutton guy, but I think Jerry Judy is being disrespected in drafts. Would I you pick Judy going, right here, but this being best ball? Would you follow yeah, up your Sutton absolutely, pick? Absolutely, and then figure out a way to get yeah to get Russell Wilson a little later and just complete that whole stack and just – I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Oh, Gabriel Davis. Nothing wrong with that either. Oh, geez. Well, now, bear in mind, guys, um, that uh, Sean Siegel, I don't know if you're aware of this, and I'm saying this sarcastically because I know Hates you running are. backs. Well, I was going to put it in terms of he he is a an enthusiast and maybe the founder of the zero RB theory despises but, running backs. So so it it does not surprise me that that he goes he and Ben Gretsch here go with four receivers and a tight end in the first five rounds. Um, what's compelling here, and, and I think this is something that will follow as the draft unfolds, Shelly Fossum, who is in the three spot right next to Gretsch and um, uh, Siegel, has also taken four receivers here with her first five picks as well. I don't know if that's going to affect strategy for either one, but uh, it remains to be seen. 
Um, there was one player I, I wanted to ask you guys about here in the fourth round. Um, we I, I should point out too, and we'll be talking with Liz Ballard about this on Friday. She goes with an elite tight end and an elite quarterback here in rounds two and four with uh, Mark Andrews and Josh Allen, uh, respectively. Uh, do you guys feel like Allen Robinson is getting some some love lately? Uh, he goes at the um, at the four ten tonight. I feel like he's been creeping up boards, Terp. What's there not to like about him? Great offense. I mean, he's always been a very, very solid NFL player with horrendous QBs. I mean, Blake Bortles, Nick Foles. And we can get on the list of the quarterbacks that have been throwing him the ball, and they've been absolutely terrible. Now you're getting the upgrade with great offensive mind in Vic McVay. I, I think he should be going higher, personally. He's one of my highest highest exposed guys. And and he could go higher yet as we get closer. It's to definitely that. possible. I, I love him. Absolutely love him this year. Hey, Farrell, uh, Shane Hallam, uh, who drafted Sunday night in the Pros versus Joe, is pointing out here tonight that uh, just like he did on Sunday night, Jack Miller from Establish the Run has paired Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert here to get that Charger stack. What I think is interesting about the Justin Herbert pick for Miller here in the fifth round, and maybe we might talk to, to Jack a, a little bit later, he could have had the opportunity to pair Kelsey and Mahomes. He went with the Herbert Allen stack. Can you give us some analysis on that? Hmm. Or is it a horse of peace for you? Well, he's probably trying to keep Herbert away from the alternative charger stack, which could have gone to team seven of Eckler and Williams. So he, he might be playing a little defense there. Um, there is some popular undercurrent that Herbert will lead the league in passing this year and that Mahomes is somewhat on the decline. I certainly don't buy it, but I think uh, that the guy that started the, the rumor that uh, that uh, Jamar Chase couldn't catch the ball last year in Cincinnati. Remember that he was having a hard time catching the ball. I think. That's by the way, by the way, can't prove this, but I believe that guy won a ton of money in fantasy football by drafting Jamar Chase last year <laughs> after he single-handedly dropped Chase's ADP. That's the same guy that started Patrick Mahomes as is 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 losing a uh, a step or some power in right. his own. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, let's see. Who was it? I Was it Frank? I can't remember if it was Frank or not. Yeah, Frank LaPrade likes what, um, former guest of the show, by the way, likes what Josh Larkey is doing from the eighth spot tonight. Uh, starts off with Diggs, gets his stud running back, and DeAndre Swift in the second. Good value there. And then he goes A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddell, Jerry Judy, Terp, putting your Eagles uh, fandom aside just for a minute. What do you think of that start there? Diggs, Swift, Brown, Waddle, Judy. It's what dreams are made of. Uh, you know, last... <laughs> fly, Larky, fly. Yeah, right? I mean, literally, I can't wow. draw it up any better from this. I mean, I, you're splitting hairs with Brown and Pittman, but besides that, I mean, I I think it's the best first five rounds I've seen so far in Bros versus Joes. Um, for, uh, Henry Mudo also pointing out another guy, FFPC Joe, that drafted in the eighth round, Henry Mudo, the computer, um, pointed out that um, – he, uh, uh, hold on. Now I had it. Sorry. Oh, every player he took on Sunday has gone higher in the second and third drafts Monday and, and tonight through 12 rounds Monday and through five here. So, and as Shane Hallam then uh, countered with, well, it looks like Henry Mudo is winning our league on Sunday night. If that's the case, because certainly he set the ADP in pros versus Joe's Farrell. Um, we have a situation here at the end of the fifth round. I'll just go through the fifth round here. 
uh, real quick. Uh, Dalton Schultz to Rashad Cobb, Rashad Bateman to Matt Schauff, Chris Godwin to Shelly Fossum, Gabriel Davis to uh, Gretch and Siegel. Then you have TJ Hawkinson going to Jason Steves, Justin Herbert. We talked about Jack Miller taking him. David Montgomery, the third running back selected uh, by Team 7 tonight. That's Baker and Brock, the FFPC Joes. Jerry Judy to Josh Larkey. Josh Jacobs, uh, a lot of Jays there. Josh Jacobs to <laughs> Team 9, that's Liz Ballard. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts, the final picks of the fifth round are all quarterbacks Mahomes to Mans, Jackson uh to the Chapmans and then Jalen Hurts to Drew Davenport who's also getting some love in the YouTube chat right now for his start um Farrell what what do you do and and this is like you know this could be a best ball tournament question this could be a football guys question when you are let's say you know um let's say you're Liz Ballard let's say you're Josh Larkey now maybe not Liz Ballard but let's say you're Josh Larkey or perhaps um uh, team seven, which is Baker and Brock. What do you do when you see the final three picks of of the fifth round go off and then Kyler Murray go off in the fifth round here? All those quarterbacks go. Do you feel an added pressure to add a quarterback knowing the entire left side of the board does not have a quarterback yet? I don't, unless there's a guy that I really, really admire. And there are some, and unless there's a natural stack for me um, to happen. But, you know, uh, Rodgers is coming up. Brady is coming up. There's plenty of fantastic quarterbacks left on the board. So I'm I'm probably happy uh, that those uh, quarterbacks are coming off the board, and I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get another position player that maybe would not have fallen to me. I'm sure that's what Team Nine thinks after following up Jacobs and Mitchell. That's for me. That's a good running back uh, stack in the middle of the rounds. I don't. It, it, Turp may call that the dead zone, but if there is a dead zone of running backs, those are the only two lively ones perhaps in there, and they go to the same team. Um, reminder, in this format, uh, FFPC standard uh, slim starting lineup each and every week. It is best ball. Quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, uh, tight end, and uh, two flexes. So you technically only really have to start two receivers. Makes Liz Ballard's team look a little bit nicer, knowing that she could start four of those running backs. She already has three, only one receiver in Michael Pittman. Terp, if I were to ask you, would you have strong feelings um, about what Chris and Alan Chapman did here in the fifth and sixth round, going Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray on back-to-back picks? What would you say? I, I don't have words. I, mean, <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I, Terp, since I you don't have words, I understand I'm like you doing that in like a big format. Like, uh, you know, a, 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 a contest you got to win, but a single league? I mean, you're splitting hairs. I mean, they're both elite quarterbacks. You have the Murray with Brown. Lamar Jackson's kind of overkill. Yeah. You, you could have took. Well, you could have took. It's, it's a little heavy. Terp, just taking a big, just a timeout since you don't have words for that. I, I got to thinking last night about your Hollywood skills uh, from your Silver Linings playbook. Did you watch the movie? I talked to a producer friend of mine who who played back the show. Uh, we're 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 playing around with the idea of remaking here, also in its 50 year anniversary, a great uh, film uh, from the 70s called The Black Six, and uh, it starred uh, most notably uh, Mean Joe Green in here. Uh, but you are going to be cast. As a bad guy, and and by the way, I see you already are in in costume for it tonight. Feel great, so, let's do it. You know, <laughs> we, we've got a we've got a role for you, a role for Balky. Uh, 
the cat last night with the IMDb. We're going to get him in there. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'd like you guys to look up the Black Six. And and that's what I thought was going on with Eric tonight. Back, I thought I'll do some cool. research on it. Yeah, do some research on it. I want you to get in the character as quickly as possible. I may already be there. Yeah, Turp had no idea he was auditioning after his smash yeah. performance. And so he's a living Hayden. audition. I'm going to be a co-producer of the movie, and I'm also going to be Terp's agent. So sign me up. <laughs> well, let's uh, need. Yeah, exactly. Well, what we do need is we need to get through the sixth round here, guys. Okay. Juju Smith Schuster to Drew Davenport, uh, Drew Davenport, beg your pardon, to uh, to kick things off. Kyler Murray, we already talked about that to the Chapmans. Alan Lazard, his ADP starts. To, I, it, I feel like we ripped on people for not taking Lazard soon enough on, on Friday's show. And, and now he's been rising in drafts. Uh, Jeff Mann's taking Alan Lazard here in the sixth round. Elijah Mitchell, Farrell commented on that already. Liz Ballard taking him there. Darnell Mooney, the fourth straight receiver drafted by Josh Larkey. Zach Ertz is going to be starting at tight end for Justin Baker and John Brock from the seventh slot. Amon Ross, St. Brown off the board to Jack Miller and established the run, followed by Joe Burrow getting the Bengals stack, the Bengals hookup, Jason Steves, uh, Jamar's Chase in the first round, Joe Burrow in the sixth, J.K. Dobbins to uh, Gretsch and Siegel, Tony Pollard to Shelly Fossum as she ends her four-round receiver run, Adam Thielen to match out, and then Elijah Moore, the last pick of the sixth round, to Rashad Cobb as we look at this sixth round. Uh, Terp, have you seen in, in your drafts, and I guess, Farrell, you can comment on this too, have you guys seen Alan Lazard rising in drafts now? I mean, I'm, I'm starting to see that, you know, I don't know if people just believe that the Packers eventually would sign some receiver or trade for some receiver. Now that here we're at the, you know, the eve of Green Bay starting training camp tomorrow and they don't have anybody else. Now it's like, well, I guess it's Lazard. Let's start picking him a couple of rounds earlier here. I don't understand why he's moving up. It's not like I've seen anything <laughs> in Green Bay that's saying anything different. To take him well, over Green right? Brown, Thielen, Moore. Yeah, that's not for me. Terp, something that could be for you in the sixth round is, is Tony Pollard. And, again, there's a, there's a guy moving up. Uh, Tony that's Pollard. That's not for me. That's a little crazy. Where, okay, where Team 11 took Kyler Murray. Uh, could, you, could you have lived with Pollard there, matching him with Elliott? Uh, sixth round Tony Pollard is a little rich for my blood. Would you have challenged uh, Team 11 to a duel if they had done that? I mean, how – how I mean, upsetting is who? Who would you have taken there? Because I really like that build. I certainly don't agree with those back-to-back -back quarterbacks. I'm trying to figure out just what I would have done if I had been there. I would have took Darnell Mooney in a second. Okay, fair enough. I mean, double tapping quarterbacks when you only have one receiver. Yeah, you're truly Not a Mooney guy. Okay. Um. Hey, uh, FFPC Aiden commenting in the seventh round here. You just can't tell me that Antonio Gibson at 703 isn't great value. Right. Shane Hallam, Gibson's still going to get enough carries and catches. I'm not a huge fan, but in best ball, there are worse running backs in the seventh. And Aiden uh, then chimed in. You could argue that less uh, touches or fewer touches for Antonio Gibson might be a good thing. Terp, how do you fall in on that line of thinking that maybe if Gibson's off the field a little bit more this year, that might actually help his fantasy value? I love the player. I said this last night. It's really hard. He's so talented. I just hate the way the team has structured the running back position. Not not team three, the Red, the commanders, Redskins, yeah. whatever you want to call them in general. I love Gibson. Loved him last year. Thought he was the you know the the next breakout star. It's just really hard for me to tap his name. 
And then he'll be on the field, and it'll look like a natural time for him to get the ball, and Curtis Samuel will do a jet sweep. Drive you even it's just really hard for me to ever click his name. I love the player. Seventh round, yeah, I'll probably have some seventh-round shares. If he ever gets to the eighth, I mean, looking at what – Slam dunk, right? It's a slam dunk. I don't yeah. think I could take him any higher. I mean, it's just there's just so many questions. Hey, guys, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire just went off the board here to Josh Larkey at the 708. And today, earlier this afternoon, actually, uh, Kansas City placed him on the on the pup list. Um, very interesting here because we, we haven't heard anything about any offseason surgeries or any you know unexpected uh, injuries at all. How do we handle this? What's the proper way, Farrell, when news breaks like this and we don't really have any kind of context? What do you do in drafts? Do you do you you know buy the dip or is is he in a void till there's more clarity? You got to find out what the nature of the injury was and why this you know why this is uh, a presence. You know the, the they're, these are football related injuries. You can't go on the you can't go on the pup if you if you didn't hurt yourself playing football. You don't go on there for anything other than that. So, you know, he'll still be there. He'll be at the facility. He'll be participating in the meetings. Uh, this is this is not a problem for me if if uh, you've done your research. I did not see him go on the pup today, uh, and uh, I, you know. We're in the dead zone. This this player needs a running back. So, you know, if they understand the pup list for what it is, they they're probably feel comfortable making that selection. Um, Farrell, we know how um, uh, Turp feels about Drake London, who went at the 701 tonight. I don't hate Scott Drake guy. London. I don't hate him. We know how Turp feels about Drake London when yeah. compared to Christian Watson. That's correct. But, but but we don't know is is what you think Drake London is going to do. What specifically will he add to Rashad Cobb's team here now that you know Cobb will only have to count on him as his number three receiver? This is a Farrell question? That's a Farrell question. Um, uh, this is another one of those preseason teams for me. I want to see how quickly Mariota falls into a play with – with this team, I don't. I have a lot of disappointing memories of, of what Mariota's done. Um, I like him as an NFL player coming off the bench, but I don't know if I like him as my starter. Uh, rookie receivers with a challenge running back and a rookie quarterback. These are not things because the backup quarterback out of Cincinnati, uh, who's actually from here in Louisville, uh, how long will he stay on the bench as a first-round draft pick? I, I, there's just better choices for me here. When anyone takes London, I'm glad to see that they did. Guys, the uh, seventh round is now complete. Drake London, obviously, to Rashad Cobb, we just talked about it. Dallas Goddard is the first tight end drafted by Matt Schaub from DraftSharks.com. Antonio Gibson to Shelly Fossum. Russell Wilson to uh, Ben Gretsch and Sean Siegel here in the four spot tonight. So they do get that Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton pairing that Terp was talking about before. A.J. Dillon to Jason Steves. Amari Cooper is the fourth receiver drafted by Jack Miller and established the run. Devontae Smith uh, goes to Team 7. That's uh, the FFPC Joe tandem of Justin Baker and John Brock. Uh, we talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire after the Devontae Smith selection. Josh Larkey gets uh, CEH as his number two RB. Hunter Renfro is the second wide receiver chosen by Team 9 tonight, Liz Ballard. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins going to Jeff Vans after that. Dawson Knox 
uh, followed by Kareem Hunt to round things out. Dawson Knox going to the Chapmans. Kareem Hunt going to Drew Davenport as his number two running back. Let's talk a little bit about Jeff Mann's squad here that he's building from the 10, similar to John Hansen's squad last night. Uh, not with all of his picks, but definitely with some of them. Um, and I think somebody commented in the in the YouTube chat that that Jeff Manns is setting his you know throwing setting his own ADP, throwing ADP out the window, whatever you want to call it. He is doing it tonight. Drafts Kyle Pitts super early, then he gets Nick Chubb super late, right? Um, Brees Hall, that's about normal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, but then he uh, bucks the trends. He gets Alan Lazard, and then DeAndre Hopkins just choosing Damian Harris here in the eighth round as his number three running back. Terp, what do you make of that team construction there? And and some of the players, if you can comment on them as well. It's not my favorite. I mean, the first two picks are fine. Like like you said about Kyle Pitts, he's not a guy that him versus Andrews, you can go either way. Andrews is probably more of a safer guy with Lamar Jackson. After that, I'm not a Nick Chubb guy. I probably would have kept it, let him kept going and took in one of the receivers there or Kittle possibly. Brees Hall I love. I mean, the upside there with him is – I mean, immense. He's a league winner. After that, he started a quarterback run with Patrick Mahomes with no stack in sight. Not that there's not MVS and Sky Moore and Hardman on the way, possibly. But going, but knowing I have to start with Alan, Alan Lazard for the first six weeks of the season, likely as my wide receiver too. Yeah, that's not for me. Farrell, how surprising is it? We are seven plus rounds in. We don't have a single team doubling up in tight ends yet. Um, number one, how surprised are you to see that? Number two, how does that affect, if you were in this draft, does that affect your draft strategy as far as how you would handle tight ends? Um, yeah, it is a little surprising because there's always that one guy, you know, that, that wants to double dip and build right. that tight end. Uh, so, no, we haven't seen that tonight. I think we could be coming up. There's – we, I think we all know from our discussion last night the attractive tight ends that we like coming up in the eighth and ninth round. Um, the, the team that would need more quickly are the teams that got the tight ends off last. I guess that's the ones that will follow up with another tight end pretty quickly. I, None of these guys you would definitely call uh, – none of these guys you would definitely call underperformers or subpar guys, but I, I think – and God, I hope we didn't talk about this last night, but when I build tight ends, I want three in this format and I want, I want three relatively different guys. We all agreed last night that we kind of like Friar Muth. I think Friar Muth is the reincarnation of the former Pittsburgh tight end Heath. You know, he's a guy mm -hmm. that, that can catch the ball. He's not going to run away from anybody, but he can catch the ball. He's very good in the red zone and he's mean and nasty, a red meat kind of player. You take, then, then you have glorified uh, slot receivers. Uh, Darren Waller, for as much as I love him, is, is really a, a slot receiver playing tight end. So is Schultz. Uh, Goddard and Hogginson mix it up, but they don't mix it up. Nobody mixes it up and plays like a complete player like Kittle. And Kittle was wonderful, but the completeness of his game leaves him subject to being able to do less uh, towards the end of the year, perhaps especially with quarterback Trey Lance. So that's the team that paid the most at tight end that I think needs to secure additional tight ends. Terp, we have still not seen anybody double dip on tight ends. And we've seen two teams, beg your pardon, three teams now, double up on quarterback. We already talked about the Jackson Murray team from the Chapmans at the 11th spot. 
Josh Allen and now Tom Brady to team nine. That is Liz Ballard. And then Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott here to Jason Steves. I know this is not your type of, of build where um, you're taking two quarterbacks in the first eight rounds. What sort of what do you think the impetus is for these these players when they grab they're already grabbing an elite quarterback? What do you think the impetus is for them to grab a second one already in the first eight rounds? It makes no sense. Both those three teams have the same amount of receivers that they do quarterbacks through eight rounds of the draft. It's not a winning formula. It's it's nothing. I understand like building stacks. I mean, the Joe Burrow chase thing looks nice, but Dak Prescott by himself, obviously you can build with some guys later. The Tom Brady pick is just a stack block, in my opinion. Okay. I have no idea why you take Tom Brady there with Josh Allen. Why you take anybody with Josh Allen? I know the guy coming up, I think it was team three, has Evans and Godwin. I'm sure he was hoping Brady came back to him. Kyler Murray and Jackson, we already talked about. It's it's a losing proposition in any format. In my Guys, let, let's go through the eighth round here. Uh, Corderell Patterson to Drew Davenport. Christian Kirk off the board then to the Chapmans at the 802. Damian Harris to Jeff Manns. Tom Brady goes to uh, Liz Ballard. Then Trey Lance, who we're going to talk about in a second, to Josh Larkey. Michael Thomas is, uh, is going to uh, Team 7 tonight. That is, once again, I always forget, I think that's Barker and Brock, right? Am I uh, correct? Yeah, Justin Baker, John Brock. Um, Miles Sanders is the second running back drafted by Jack Miller from Establish the Run. Dak Prescott to Jason Steves. Devin Singletary is the second running back uh, selected by Gretch and Siegel. Matthew Stafford, the number one quarterback for Shelly Fossum. Was she hoping for Tom Brady there? Yeah, perhaps, as as Dirk pointed out. But you get Matthew Stafford. The guy who beat Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game that last year, so for whatever that's worth, or divisional playoff, whatever it was. Uh, Chase Edmonds then to uh, match up, and then Kadarius Toney, the number four receiver, to Rashad Cobb. Let us talk about Trey Lance. We found out today, Kyle Shanahan said that he had a meeting with himself, Jimmy Garoppolo, and um, was it John Lynch was the other one in the room, I believe? Correct. And, uh, and they all came to the conclusion that they loved what Jimmy Garoppolo did for him, but they're on to Trey Lance. This is the most concrete endorsement thus far that we have seen the Niners um, making of Trey Lance as their starting quarterback. And tonight, he goes at the 8.05, much higher than his ADP of 8.06. Why did he not get moved up tonight, uh, Farrell? Did everybody already just assume that it was Trey Lance's job and and this is just where he's going to settle in? Um. Balky, I'm sorry. I was still working on the movie, and I didn't. I didn't hear the question. I've I decided on the right. While you were talking, I came to the conclusion of of what uh, of what Terp's role would be in the Black Six. Uh, is this a question about Lance or a question about Miles Sanders? No, it's Trey a question Lance. about Lance. I and and I just don't understand because uh, um, this is this is the most ringing endorsement we've gotten from 49ers brass so far that. Lance will be the starter this year. Oh, okay. I, un- and, I understand. And he, only, and he was only picked one spot above his ADP. Not like there wasn't a round or a round and a half seismic shift tonight. Well, I think everyone that picks Trey Lance understands Trey Lance as the ideal quarterback for fantasy football. They imagine him to throw 30 to 35 touchdowns. They imagine him to run for 10. They expect things out of Trey Lance that I think are somewhat challenging uh, for a player that's played as as as, as little of football as he has, and, and his college ball was was just exemplary statistically, but he also 
he, he you know, he was playing Northern Iowa and uh, Missouri State. And, and, you know, it's a good brand of football, but it's a long way from the NFL. But people that are expecting um, Trey Lance to, to give value in the eighth round, They've they've already bought into Trey Lance. That's the same place they drafted him last year, even though they were told that he he wasn't the starter. Uh, and uh, you know the guy picked next to him threw for over five thousand yards last year. So whoever is picking Trey Lance, uh, you just you know they just have a lot of blind faith, and I'm all for them. Uh, Trey Lance is a good player, but he's not gonna he's not gonna show up on my rosters and. You know, uh, Terp calls him a league winner. Well, he's a league winner if he's one of the best second-year inexperienced quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Um, Terp, I'm gonna—I probably should ask Farrell this, but I'm gonna ask you this, Dave. The uh, the pick of Miles Sanders here, the number two running back drafted by Jack Miller, um, is he a player that is going too late here in the eighth round of the pros versus Joe's? Given his talent given where he we've seen him go before given that he's starting the season healthy i know the eagles usually use multiple running backs and i know miles sanders wants to be utilized more in the offense but man eighth round seems like a pretty juicy pick to me it's a good value but i still have worries i mean i was on him a little bit more early in the preseason it's not a bad pick here as the running back two on that team zero touchdowns last year i just can't get that out of my head you have Hurts there. You have a young Gainwell there. They always like rotational, you know, backs. And the thing that worries me, he's a contract year. They're not going to pay him. I don't know. Like, I'll have Terp, plenty of shares of him, but I'm not going to, like, pound the board to take him. Terp, I know you, you're very aware that they have the giant killer there in, in, in Boston Scott as well. And I, I love of it course. when you talk about no touchdowns because – uh, Boston touched the ball 88 times last year and scored eight touchdowns. That's correct. And we know Jalen Hurts' rushing ability. He's right. not going anywhere on the goal line. Um, ninth round, guys, is complete. Kirk Cousins off the board as uh, QB 13, I think. Yeah, QB 13 tonight uh, to Rashad Cobb. Brandon Ayuk um, to Matt uh, Shout there. Cole Komet, number, t- number one tight end for Shelly Fossum. Traylon Burks. Uh, to uh, Stealing Signals and Rotoviz, Chris Olave to Jason Steves. James Cook um, is the second consecutive running back drafted by Jack Miller from ETR. James Cook, the third running back overall for that squad. Aaron Rodgers to um, Brock and uh, Baker. Russell Gage, let's talk about him in a second here, guys. Russell Gage uh, goes to Josh Larkey. Pat Fryermuth, the first double up of a tight end. It's happened now. And it happens uh, to be Liz Ballard who takes Pat Fryermuth to go with Mark Andrews. Mike Gesicki right after that to Jeff Manns. Robert Woods and Hunter Henry go off the board to complete the ninth round to Chris and Alan Chapman and Drew Davenport, respectively. Russell Gage, guys, before this, before the uh, the Julio Jones signing to Tampa today, Russell Gage was going at the 706. He falls tonight to the 908, a precipitous drop. Farrell? Is is an even bigger drop on the way for Russell Gage? Well, we just talked about Tom Brady with his 5,300 yards. So, great. Russell Gage is now a value in the ninth round. Uh, with Julio Jones involved in this offense, it affects uh, Scotty Miller and it affects number 18, the kid out of Minnesota, who I thought was a real good college player but has trouble running the right routes in Tampa. There's enough to go around uh, there, and Gage is still going to have a role. 
I don't know what people that were drafting Gage suspected for him. I just expected him to be available and be a good blue-collar wide receiver. Now he's going to the ninth round, which sort of describes and fits the what you would want to pay for that. So, yeah, I, I see that this is about where he'll settle. Uh, um, Terp, you agree with that? Or or, or is Gage going to take uh, a little bit more of a tumble once this news soaks into all the high-stakes players? I read some takes today on Dusty Julio Jones and how Russell Gage is dead, stopped drafting him. It makes no sense. Absolutely zero whatsoever. First of all, I haven't seen the Julio Jones, how much they're paying him. I know he's ring-chasing, but... Russell Gage will be fine. If anything, I think there might be a little Chris Godwin news here. Obviously, Chris Godwin is not on the pup list, but if Julio Jones is signing for some money, they're not going to rush Chris Godwin back. And people keep saying that. And if anything, that just enhances Russell Gage's value. Mm-hmm. Ninth round, I'll take him 100 times out of 100. I'm trying That's to why I'm that man's agent, Balky. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. I saw so many dusty Julio Jones takes today. Somebody said he's going to be a top 30 receiver in fantasy oh. football. What planet are these people on? And, he and will be a he will be a wonderful contributor to this team and he'll he's have a, a great veteran guy. He's a yeah, he'll, have trust a couple, him. he'll have a couple games where he'll score for whoever drafts him here and they'll and be then good. They'll be on injured reserve for the rest of the year probably. It could happen. Farrell, um, we haven't talked about Drew Davenport's team from footballguys.com in the uh, 12 spot tonight. Um, he starts off with Dalvin Cook, C.D. Lamb uh, with his, you know, his, his one-two wraparound picks. He gets Kittle at the end of the third, D.J. Moore, Jalen Hurts, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then a bunch of running backs here, Kareem Hunt, uh, the Magic Cord, Cordero Patterson, Hunter Henry, and then Ramondre Stevenson. How do you assess that squad so far? Obviously, I, I look at it and I see a lot of balance. I see a lot of opportunity to go a lot of different ways in the second half of this draft. How do you see it? Balance is a nice way, Balky, for you to say that he picked last year's team. He got a great gift with Cook and Lamb where he was, and you can't argue with Kittle. Um, I'm, you know, we discussed Juju Smith-Schuster last night, and I've come to the realization after listening to Terp's view on it that I probably got a little more Juju than I should. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's, you know, uh, will Patterson deliver what he did last year? No. Will Henry probably score as many touchdowns as he did? I hope so, and the potential's there for that, and that'll pay off as a, as a tight end for him, and that was probably his – his best shot as second tight end. It's a decent team with good players. Uh, sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken that quarterback that early, but I know that I'm in the minority there. Yeah, Dave. Let, let me ask you about Drew Davenport's squad from from the twelve and what he's doing. Um, you know, this is obviously best ball, so you want some running backs. He's getting. It looks like four top thirty-five guys there. He's already got three receivers. He's got his stud tight end. He's got his stud uh, quarterback, and he's also doubled up on tight end. In, in round nine, if you cover these these names up on the top, I would have assumed that Team 12 was an FFPC Joe, but it's actually a pro here. Drew Davenport looks like he knows what he's doing, and he's formulating a pretty good squad. Yeah, his squad is definitely solid. I mean, I would not have taken Jalen Hurts there. A part of me thinks he might have got a little worried about a quarterback run coming behind him, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I mean, in this format, picking from one or 12, you got to worry about that stuff. You only get caught with your pants down with, you know, no quarterbacks or no tight ends you know, depending on where you're at. So I'm not really the biggest Cordell Patterson fan, but structure's not bad of the team. I mean, it's, it's, it's not my favorite team in the league, but it's not awful. 
Uh, guys, we have uh, Steak Restaurant Gate to discuss tonight with the big bet that you guys have going with Burks v. Woods. Tonight, Burks goes ahead of Robert Woods by uh, Which he three, should. Quarters, three quarters of a round. Yes, we know. We know. Um, Bur Burks, I, and I, I don't know if this is a cause of it, but we found out today Terry McCormick uh, actually tweeted this out um, about the um, uh, John Robinson the uh, GM of the Titans talking about Traylon Burke's conditioning said that he did, did a good job in the, in the conditioning test. He's been running well the last couple of days. They said they're excited about the trajectory that, that he's been on. I wonder Farrell, did, did that pump up Traylon Burke's a little bit more that maybe these pressures about his breathing, asthma, whatever, those have been eased a little bit for the high stakes drafters. Uh, Westbrook Akini is also going to have a spare uh, breather in his, uh, in his pocket during the yeah. games too. So that, that might have some, um, helps. You know, Ro Robinson is truly out of that new England school. And he's telling those, and now those, the media just exactly uh, what they want to hear. Listen, I'm not trashing this player, but I want you. And I don't see that any problem with him getting to where he needs to be, to be ready to play professional football. He's a rookie wide receiver with a quarterback that, that Dave Turp doesn't like, and Robert Woods is 30 years old, knows how to get open and catches the ball when he does. I'm, uh, yeah, what's interesting about our state dinner bed is I, you know, is the bar at the homestead serves, uh, uh, serves Pappy Van Winkle. Oh boy. Um, and, I and mean, a very, whatever and, it takes. And, and, and so it, I'm, you know, not only do they serve it, but they serve it at a point where you won't be, uh, where I won't be taking advantage of ordering it. So, you know, I've got that to look forward to. But I sure didn't mind Diane Turp one if he's right. Look, if Burks um, outplays Woods, then our understanding of what and who the quarterback is in fantasy football is uh, we, we've underrated that quarterback. All right, guys. So, um, the, uh, the 10th round is complete. Let's go through it here, gentlemen. It is uh, Ramondre Stevenson to Drew Davenport, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the third consecutive receiver to go to the Chapmans uh, at the 11 hole. McCole Hardman after that to Jeff Manns. Rashad White uh, to Liz Ballard. Then we get Sky Moore, pair of Chiefs receivers here going in round 10. Sky Moore goes to Josh Larkey. Rashad Penny, the fourth running back chosen by uh, Team 7 tonight. That's uh, Baker and Brock. Uh, establish the run.com's Jack Miller takes Tyler Lockett, Chase Claypool to Jason Steves, Garrett Wilson to Gretsch and Siegel after that, Irv Smith to Shelly Fossum, Justin Fields uh, to Matt Schauf, and then Melvin Gordon wrapping up the 10th round as Rashad Cobb, after ignoring running back, he takes running back in the first three rounds, ignores it again until round 10. He gets his fourth one right there. That's not a bad way to do it. Farrell, we've talked about this with Dizzle before where you know it's fine if you want to load up on one position early, but it's important, especially with receiver, and I think you can make the case uh, running back, it's important just to not not just ignore it the rest of the way. You still got to pepper in a couple of play per, uh, couple of players here. Melvin Gordon's a good running back to pepper in to go with those top three. Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm a believer in Melvin Gordon. Balky, I was trying to find the team that, that I really like from what they did in that round. I... I was leading her, um, leaning towards this is team. Uh, I was leaning towards Liz's team at team nine. I, yeah. I thought there were some very good looking running backs coming up, Melvin Gordon being one of them. And she took, she handcuffed 
Josh Jacobs, which I didn't feel that was necessary. I was looking for her to take a third wide receiver, most likely Sky Moore, my man Claypool. Boy, there's some good receivers in that 10th round. I, I would have liked to have seen her do something different than, than White. And she's on the clock for 11, and um, it'll be interesting what she comes back to. But uh, I, I'm really digging what's going on with Team 11, the, the Chapmans, despite – their back-to-back quarterbacks, which left us speechless. They need a little more tight end. But I think Turp, um, I know we've got the bet with Robert Woods, um, but I, I believe Valdez Scantling, Christian Kirk, and you can begrudgingly give a nudge to Robert Woods that, that he's a worthwhile player in that Tennessee offense. I really love the three receivers that they put together at, at uh, Team 11, Chris and Yeah, there's, there's no issues here with those three receivers. I think Christian Kirk – he got the big money in the offseason, but Trevor Lawrence, I mean, the arrows pointing up. I just – something about Jackson, we talked about it last night. I have a lot of Ingram, a lot of Kirk, and a ton of Tony – or a ton of Travis Etienne, and a ton of Lawrence. Something Terp, in, the, in the waters in Jacksonville I just love. Uh, Terp, the, uh, the selection here for um, Chris and Alan Chapman of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore goes three picks later. If you had your druthers, if you had your pick, you knew you're going to Sky Moore 100 times out of 100. Okay, and well, why do you like Sky Moore so much better than MBS in this format or in any format, I should say? Let's look at what he's look look at what he's going against. He's going against Mel Cole Hartman. We know what he is. He's an, a speed guy, average NFL player. MVS is a deep threat. Has never shown anything besides that. Sky Moore can do it all. We talked about Juju last night. We don't want to go through him again. No. Sky Moore is. If you can give me Sky Moore in every 10th round of the draft, I will take him every single time. Mm-hmm. The sky is the limit with him. With Mahomes, I, I only think the report is going to get better with you know some reps in camp. Josh Larkey's team continues to be one of the best I've seen so far. Are you yeah, worried about tight end for him, though? No, I mean, like I said, we just mentioned tight ends. He could take Evan Ingram coming up here take another guy afterwards and be fine. I mean, he's going to be a little bit behind the eight ball against some of these stacked tight end rooms like Andrews and Fryermuth, Pitts, you know, Gusecki I'm not really a fan of, but guys like that. But the rest of that team, I mean, he's seven deep a receiver. There's seven receivers. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not finding any seven better receivers in the pros versus Joe's format so far. Uh, and I, and I are stupid guys. I said a pair of chiefs receivers going round 10. no, McCole Hardman went right between Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So you had three consecutive Chiefs receivers go off the board at the wideout position here in round 10. Terp obviously likes Sky Moore best. Farrell, are you, are you agreeing with that assessment that Sky Moore is the guy to get there between those three? I really like his assessment of Sky Moore. And the later you can go with him, the better off you are. Now, there is a rookie wide receiver that does have skills all over the field trying to replace the, the premier player in the league that shares those skills in Tyreek Hill and with a quarterback to make it work. Sky Moore going down here in the 10th round to me, much better pick than, uh, than Drake London in the seventh. And, and even some of these, yeah, it's yeah. Sky Moore is, uh, he has no business being drafted down here. I think it's a joke that he goes behind Burks. I just hope for a quiet preseason from the chiefs receivers. No, but, I don't want Sky but, Moore going out and having a big preseason game. Cause he's just going to go, He'll be a six-round yeah. pick by the time Vegas comes around. And, but that's the issue, Terp. Like, if there's one receiver that that needs to – or that you would think that the Chiefs would be trotting out there, that it's is probably true. Sky Moore, right? Because 
they kind of, I mean, they, they gave Marcus Valdez Scantling like 30 million or whatever. They know what he is. Mm-hmm. But Cole Hartman's been in their camp for years. They know what he is. But Sky Moore's the rookie. Not only did, did they want to see how far he is in his development, but they want to get some reps and get some progress. And that's going to be a tough guy to hide in the preseason um, for anybody who's looking. So maybe the advice here, get your Sky Moore shares now. Get your Sky Moore shares now because if he has one big preseason game, like to I said, movie. he's going to be up there in the Adam Thiel and Elijah Moore, Drake London territory. If he has one preseason play, right? One. That's, that's all it's going to take. Is. That's all. It, that's what it look at Marquise is. Callaway last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not Marquise Callaway. I'm not comparing them at all. But yeah, that was yeah. Exactly. Terrence Marshall last year, two disasters of draft picks. Didn't that happen a few years ago uh, when Dalvin Cook was a rookie? Didn't he have like a 70 yard run? Or something like that, in like preseason game two or three or something, and all of a sudden everybody who already liked Dalvin Cook, then all of a sudden everybody loved Dalvin Cook. After Any public one. player is going to be when they see a preseason blow up, you know, a guy that doesn't play a ton of leagues who's drafted for the first time or whatever, they're just going to move them guys so far up, and some of them work out. But we saw last year with Marshall and Callaway, it could lead to a big disaster on your team if you if you move them up too far. I'm Grump uh, in the YouTube chat pointing out, remember Victor Cruz and his big preseason. I mean, oh, that, yeah. That, yeah. that he flew up draft boards. But then he also is like, it works the other way. Terrace Marshall had a decent preseason last year too. He was an eighth round pick. I took him in a main event. Right. I remember, who was it? I think it was Danny Mueller. Um, in every draft I was facilitating out in Las Vegas, he was always taking Terrace Marshall in the mid rounds. Like, all oh, got him every single time. And then obviously, you know how those drafts go where you're drafting against the same guys out there. Of course. You, you take them in round eight. I got to take them in round seven next time I draft against you. And, and then it's just always a, a race. You keep moving them up and keep moving them up. that's yeah. a disaster. Um, uh, we are cranking purple here in round 11, guys. Derek Carr to uh, Rashad Cobb. Trevor Lawrence uh, paired with Justin Fields here for Matt Schell for his quarterbacks. Ronald Jones to Shelly Fossum. Ken Walker to the uh, tandem of Gretsch and Siegel in the four spot tonight. Noah Fant is backing up TJ Hawkinson for Jason Steves. Tyler Boyd, another receiver here for Jack Miller. Then you have Robert Tunyon, who is the second tight end chosen by Team 7, which is Justin Baker and John Brock. Uh, Albert, oh uh, no, I beg your pardon. That is, now I lost where I, where I was. I, my apologies, guys. Noah Fant, Tyler Albert. Boyd, Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon to Jason Steves. Albert Okuwepenau to uh, Josh Larkey, Ron- Rondale Moore after that to Liz Ballard. Then you have Damian Pierce, Gerald Everett, and Tim Patrick as the final pick of round 11. Pierce to Manns, Everett to Chapman's, uh, to the Chapman's, and then Patrick to Davenport as we are completing round 11 here. So, Terp, you, you kind of touched on this before. We can bring this up with Josh Larkey's team from the eighth spot. Um, he doesn't grab a tight end in the first 10 rounds. He gets Okaweponam here in the 11th, but you're still of the belief that he can add one, maybe two more tight ends here and be okay at the position. He definitely could do that. I mean, he, he has plenty of guys that are still on the board. One of them actually just got taken with Evan Ingram, but there's still plenty of <laughs> plenty of talent that's left on the board that he could build his running backs and his you know tight ends right now that he'll be fine. I mean, Who's the best tight receivers? He might not need it. Who's the best tight end left on the board? Uh, oh boy, um, Revan Jordan. Looking at this really quick. Yeah, that would That's be my one. guess. But he's not. He's he's. It's going to be a while before. Wouldn't it be a while? I mean, I can't remember where he was. Going. Not I don't think I'm missing anybody. Maybe Tyler Higby. 
Yeah, Tyler Higby's a potential for 55 catch. Yeah, I mean, you, besides you, that, Gerald you have Lo- Logan Thomas is still out there too. Oh, um, we we do not. not for me. Oh, there goes Higby. Um, Logan Thomas is still out there, and then you have all the Buccaneers tight ends uh, still available right now. As the well. top list was created for Logan Thomas. So. It sure was. <laughs> he had that one great season, and it hasn't been the same since. No, which is too bad uh, for him. It is too um, bad. He's, he was a solid player. Hayden Hurst guys is still out there as well as um, Austin Hooper, I believe, David Njoku. So there is some talent here. I mean, Josh Larky is going to have the opportunity to probably add two of those guys that we just named. Uh, Let's get through the 12th round here. Jarvis Landry to Drew Davenport, Kenny Galladay, 1202 to uh, Allen and Chris Chapman, Tua Tungavailoa to uh, Jeff Manns, Christian Watson off the board to Liz Ballard. Then Isaiah Spiller is going to be the third running back chosen. By Josh Larkey, Jameis Winston, the second quarterback chosen by Team Seven, which is Barker and uh, beg your pardon, Baker and Brock. Big running back run here: Michael Carter to Jack Miller, Naheem Hines to Jason Steves, Daryl Henderson to Gretchen Siegel, Kenneth Gainwell, the number five running back selected by Shelley Fossum. Evan Engram's backing up Dallas Goddard for Matt Schaub, and then Michael Gallup off the board here to complete round twelve to Rashad Cobb as his number five receiver. Now we're seeing, my goodness, um, so many teams have doubled up on tight ends at this point. I'm counting three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So we have three quarters of the league all of a sudden doubled up on tight ends. Farrell, as we look at positions tonight, we talked a little bit earlier about how the running backs seem to go a little bit earlier tonight. Receivers fell a little bit. Tight ends are kind of all over the place. I guess that's the standout thing for me as I look at the first half of this draft is, is the fact that once a lot of these players got their one tight end, they were content with that, and and nobody seemed in a rush to double up on on the position. Yeah, there was no tight end run. Uh, perhaps the one in the ninth round we got as close as got as close as we could get. I would like both your opinions. Uh, oh, we had our little thing last night with uh, Pete, and uh, you guys went Henderson, and I went Carter, and it flipped tonight. I wonder if they're going to continue to go close. Uh, in the draft last night. And we see, uh, once again, the Eckler team uh, doesn't get Spiller, which uh, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to use Spiller. And so if I have Eckler, until I get that figured out, I I really want to have Spiller um, on my roster. So those are just some of the things that that I see. But Terp and Valky, when, when you look at the 11th and 12th round, there's some good running backs in here. And there's some guys that, that had play last year that could have play this year. And one pretty talented rookie that in, in Ken Walker that I think is being underdrafted. Do you share that synopsis with me? Um, well, I, I, I guess here's the thing. It's like, is he being underdrafted? Um, for me, no. But I, I do – I am surprised to see him continually – go as late as he does. Um, in other words, I'm, I, he's not really a target for me, but I would have thought that other drafters would have pushed him up in the FFPC format. Now, we saw the Chris Carson retirement today. Uh, happy trails, Chris Carson. Get that neck healthy for whatever venture you get into next after professional football. Um, I, I believe that there's going to be a penny bump and there will be a walker bump. I'm just surprised that we have not it's just really rare to see a running back chosen that high in the NFL draft and then not go higher, especially considering he is in an offense now 
that loves to run the football and now can't cut on count on Russell Wilson to be a hero in the fourth quarter. Like it is a running game uh, there with Penny and Walker. We've seen what Penny can do. Um, he's just on a one-year deal. I, I would have thought Walker would have gone higher. Not for me. I mean, he can't catch the ball. I mean, he didn't catch the ball mm-hmm. at Michigan State. Is he going to play on third down? I mean, and also that offense is just dreadful with the quarterback situation. Well, Terp, look, just because he didn't catch the ball in college doesn't mean he can't. That's correct. And then, you know, Seattle appears to me to be the only spot where an opening exists for Jimmy Garoppolo. So the the quarterback. It's a great fit, but it's a division fit. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because if if they cannot trade him with what they're asking to get for him, then they're going to have to cut him or eat the salary. And if they cut him, uh, that there's how Garoppolo ends up in Seattle. And that there's a lot of ifs and cans there. But mm-hmm. I think I'll stand by my first statement. Just because he didn't catch it in college doesn't mean he can't catch it. Uh, and I, this – this guy is one hell of an athlete, and I don't know. I think I think we need to research that a little bit because I think he can catch the ball just fine. I'll call out the uh, YouTube chat here to help us out on this. Who are some running backs in college that didn't catch the football, but then once they got to the pros, they actually became a pretty good pass catcher? The first guy that I think of, being a Wisconsin guy, man, James White never got thrown to uh, mm-hmm. at Wisconsin, and I was really surprised when I learned that New England was going to start using him as a third down back because he could uh, catch the ball in the backfield. Like James White it caught like three more passes out of the backfield than I did at Wisconsin. And so now I'm saying he's going to be a pass catcher. And lo and behold, he becomes a great pass catcher. Um, so I, I know it is possible. Um, Shane Hallam is, is, is pointing out Jonathan Taylor, um, which was true, I think, for his first two years. I think his junior year, he ended up catching a few passes. A.J. Dillon, Shane Hallam pointing that out too. Dillon was a guy too I was nervous about when me being a Packers fan. Um, I didn't know if if uh, he was going to be a, a pass catcher when he got to the NFL, but he's looked very good uh, so far. So it can happen. Le'Veon Bell, I'm Grump, pointing out Le'Veon Bell, who became a prolific pass catcher once he got to the NFL. Now, the the, the other the flip side of the coin, there the the NFL draft is littered with players who didn't catch passes in college and still didn't catch them in the pros as well. So what happens uh, going forward here with Ken Walker? We will see. We do need to get through the 13th round. Tyler Higby was the first pick to Rashad Cobb. Alexander Madison to Matt Schauff. Matt Ryan is the second quarterback drafted by Shelly Fossum. Tyler Algeyer, the third straight running back drafted by Gretsch and Sean Siegel. Uh, ben Gretsch, Sean Siegel. James Robinson off the board to Jason Steves. Daniel Jones and then Tyrion Davis-Price to Jack Miller and um, uh, Baker and, uh, and Brock, respectively there. Khalil Herbert to Josh Larkey. I think that's a good pick for him. Julio Jones, Corey Davis, Jacoby Myers, a trio receivers. Julio Jones to uh, Liz Ballard, Corey Davis to Jeff Manns, Jacoby Myers to Allen and Chris Chapman, and Ryan Tannehill off the board to back up Jalen Hurts here for Drew Davenport from footballguys.com. Farrell, Julio Jones finally off the board here tonight. He moves up quite a bit now that he has a home in Tampa Bay. It is in the 13th round. How fungible is that ADP? Do we expect that to be moving 
either up or or was he overdrafted tonight in your opinion? Mm, I think about that. She, you know, she's stacking receivers. She's got four of them stacked up. I I agree with Turf. In, in, in a managed league, he doesn't need to go this high. I can live with him being in the uh, in the thirteenth round, and she stacked him uh, with her backup quarterback Tom Brady. It's interesting you look at her receivers. Uh, the last one of those four that she picked, uh, which we'll get to in the 14th round, is, is the one I prefer in front of uh, in front of all these guys. And I would, you know, Balky, I'd like to hear you interp. We didn't talk about this player last night, and, and I'd like to talk to him about him tonight. I don't think we talked about him, Rondell Moore. I am. Uh, I just do not like the way this team utilizes Rondell Moore. Now, with uh, Hopkins gone, what do you guys see for Moore? Because I can't quite figure it out, but I really – he's he's sort of on – based on his ADP, he's on my do not draft list. Well, and I'll say this. I think that if you are looking at Rondell Moore, he might be an all-right pick for the first six weeks, but – Man, I'm not a fan of him down the stretch once Hopkins comes back. You have Marquise Brown there as well. Um, mm. Say what you will about A.J. Green, but he still flashed last year. The corpse of A.J. Green still making plays out there. Um, tight end uh, Zach Ertz is, is going to be pretty good this year as well. So there are certainly a lot of targets to go around in that offense, for, or there needs to be a lot of targets that go around in that offense. Rondell Moore is kind of just, he is what he is, right? Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily think he's going to be all that great for managed leagues like the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship. You want to take a shot on him as, as a flyer in the best ball tournament? I can get on board with that. But Farrell, in, in my opinion, I'm certainly not predicting, you know, any kind of breakout for Rondell Moore um, in the first month and a half of the season. And isn't this about where he went last night? Isn't this in the? Yeah, neighbor? let me bring that. I'm going to bring that up right now to find out where he went in the uh, in the other drafts. Turp, I'll and I just think you've got another there. Kentucky team name there, the corpse of AJ Green. I think you came up with another new Kentucky. <laughs> that might be that might be name. a good one. I'm definitely higher on Rondell more than both of you. It seems. Um, what makes you like him? What? Well, let's start with what, what makes me not like him, and that's only one thing and one thing only, and that's actually two things. Number one, I liked him a lot more before the addition of Marquise Brown. I really thought this could be the year where, you know, he's a gadget player. Is he going to be a guy who's going to catch 80, 90, 100 balls? No. But he has that ability that could take the top off the defense. You've seen it in, in small bursts. But the number I don't one think issue. I've seen it. I, I, I don't ever see him. Let me restate that. I rarely ever see him in a vertical passing game. I see him running horizontally. Uh, I, I like the player. Take. I know the player can deliver. I, I just, I just, you look at the numbers of receiving and yards. You, you can understand he's not. He doesn't run down the field. That's Cliff Kingsbury is the biggest problem. Well, I agree. <laughs> the guy is. I'm a minority when it comes to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is extremely talented in most people's eyes. I'm not a not a fan, not a believer. I, I think Arizona could be a big disaster this year. Mm-hmm. He got his money. You saw that contract the other day. It's a big, big worry. Four hours. I mean, it could just be wordage in there, but I, I don't know. Something about the Arizona this year. I think they just that team just gets blown up. 
I don't really own a ton of those guys outside of maybe Marquise Brown a little bit just for best ball formats because he has the spike weeks. I know I'm a minority because everybody loves Kyler Murray. Everybody loves Kyler Murray this year. Everybody's drafted Kyler Murray this year. Especially Allen and Chris Chapman after already having Everybody loves him. <laughs> um, I don't have that much of him. It could come back to burn me, but I am out on Arizona this year. Well, the biggest problem about you being out on Kyler Murray is that I'm in agreement with you. So there's your biggest problem. <laughs> Um, Farrell and, and Terp, uh, Rondale Moore actually went at the 1207 in both previous pros versus Joe's drafts. Wow. Went on the 1207 on Sunday, went at the 1207 last night as well. I had to double check that, make sure I wasn't looking at the same board, and I wasn't. Thank you both. Um, but he goes at the 1109 tonight, guys. Let's get through the 14th round here. Pair of tight ends kick it off Austin Hooper to Drew Davenport, Hayden Hurst to the Chapmans, Mark Ingram off the board to Jeff Manns, Jalen Tolbert, the fourth consecutive receiver drafted by Liz Ballard, Jamison Williams, who's picking up a little bit of steam here to Josh Larkey, Davis Mills, a third quarterback drafted by uh, Baker and uh, um, Brock there at the uh, at the seven hole. David and Joker will back up Travis Kelsey for Jack Miller, and then all receivers uh, the rest of the 14th round. Josh Palmer to Jason Steves. Jahan Dotson to Gretsch and Siegel, Nico Collins to Shelly Fossum, Van Jefferson off the board to match up, and then KJ Osborne to Rashad Cobb. I'm trying to look at some team construction here. Let's go back to Drew Davenport's team for here for a little bit, guys, and revisit it. We, we talked about the good start he was off to. He's already got two quarterbacks and three tight ends through 14 rounds. Turp, is that a problematic uh, team structure, team construction, when you're dedicating that much draft capital to those two positions. We're talking about team 12, you said? Yes, exactly. I mean, you have five receivers through 14, 15 rounds, 14 rounds. That's dangerous in this format. I mean, I, I don't – I know FFPC, people get crazy with tight ends and in some way overdraft them, and I, I know how valuable they are. But to me, the – safest position in fantasy football is the receivers. You, you got to have a good, solid group of receivers because everything else, in my opinion, can be flip-flop. You can find a tight end. You obviously can find plenty of running backs out there. I mean, you saw it last year, Corderell Patterson, Elijah Mitchell. Quarterbacks, I mean, some of these guys that are starting with Trey Lance and then I saw Kirk Cousins leading the team. There's nothing wrong with that. They'll be fine. I mean, will they get outscored? Of course. But their team's de the depths up elsewhere just helps them so much. Five receivers and then some. And Juju is your third. I don't know. We it's are not the roster construction I love. Now, hey, Farrell, you're the you're the horse expert on this program. Now oh, that we are we are at the final pick of the fifteenth round, that is the true quarter pole, right? Now we are at the quarter pole of this draft. Well, I am the horse expert, but I cannot add or subtract, so I will take Bulky out. All right, so let's get through the 15th round here. Farrell, I want you to save your point and make it right after I get through this. Jamal Williams to Rashad Cobb, Robbie Anderson to Matt Shelf. Brevin Jordan, third tight end off the board. He got some love from us earlier. He goes to Shelly Fossum here. Mac Jones backing up Russell Wilson for Ben Gretsch and Sean Siegel. Devontae Parker is off the board here as the sixth receiver taken by Jason Steves, J.D. McKissick out of our nation's capital to establish the run.com's Jack Miller squad. Uh, DJ Chark goes to um, Brock and, and Baker. Uh, Zach Wilson to um, Josh Larkey. Brian Robinson gets selected here by Liz Ballard. Cameron Brait, the first Buccaneers tight end we have going tonight. He's selected by Jeff Manns. 
Jarek McKinnon to um, the Chapmans here with the penultimate pick of the 15th round. And then Jamison Crowder to Drew Davenport from footballguys.com. Farrell, I beg your pardon for interrupting you before. What was the point that you were going to make? You did not, Balky. I was premature in the sense that uh, a girl that I really, really admire the way she plays, uh, Shelly Fossil, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just, I just think she's a killer at the draft when, when I – Show up in Las Vegas and she's at my table. Yeah, it's just bad business. And it, you know, it. She took uh, Terp and my agreement that uh, of Revan Jordan. And I think she needed him because I did not necessarily like her tight ends. Everybody's high on Komet. I'm not necessarily high on. I Komet. love her tight ends. Thank you. You know, she has Jordan here, and that's the one that I love. And after Terp and I said that that's the best tight end on the board. Four or five others went before. She paired him with Nico Collins. I'll be interested to see if there's a quarterback pairing coming out with her third quarterback. But I I, I really do like uh, the team uh, that's coming together there. We move over here to another tight end drafted in this in in this round. Uh, um, Cameron Braid. I don't necessarily think that was needed. Where did I see it? Uh, okay, at, at team team twelve. No, that's not it. Well, we'll have to let that tight end narrative sort of die on the vine. Maybe well, let, don't let it die yet because I want to bring this up. Turp and I have covered um, a couple of Dave's um, best ball tournament drafts, and I feel like this is like deja vu for me, Dave, because I feel like you were right around this area um, in the draft board where Shelly Fawson was, and it was right around this point in the draft. You couldn't decide between Cole Komet and Irv Smith. You took Cole Komet. And then Irv Smith came back to you, and you got Irv Smith. You got Komet, Irv Smith. So no wonder he loved her tight ends, because this is like a carbon copy of what you did. I put a tweet out the other day that, for some weird reason, went viral. I meant everything I said. I said Cole Komet and Irv Smith would outscore Darren Waller and George Kittle. Wow. And some of the messages I was getting was like, like you know, I, I put it out there, get a couple likes. You know, Some people say you know, here and there. I think it was like 200 comments about, I'm trying to figure out, like, first of all, how it went viral. Never know how the Twitter <laughs> algorithm works. I'm getting, like, messages from people, like, you're crazy, you're nuts, delete your account. I'm like, I don't think it's that crazy of a statement. I mean, I'm, I'm more worried about George Kittle out of, the, out of the tweet than I am Darren Waller. I'll say that. Well, you know, again, Duterp, it's the second time I've used it tonight. Waller and Kittle will challenge each other to a duel, and one of them will be shot dead, and the other one will be injured, and then those two tight ends can finish ahead of them in points. <laughs> I know what I wanted to say about Team 11. Um, we talked last night, and I, I think everybody came to the conclusion that we're, we're trying to seek an answer to do you pay draft capital early for a tight end, uh, in this kind of contest. And this is what happens when you don't. Uh, Team 11 took Knox, but they overpaid for him or they paid at the top of the market. And then they took Gerald Everett. They overpaid a little bit for him. And then they took Hayden Hurst. I'm not necessarily sure why. And then Taysom Hill. Uh, so we've been through 16 rounds. They've taken four tight ends and and you know, I could have lived with Knox and and one other, and they paid too much for Everett, who I really, really like, and the other two guys should be receivers, running backs, somebody else. So that, that's what happens, I think, when you, when you get into a draft like this and you don't get one of those elite five or six. 
Uh, round 16 coming to a completion here. Deshaun Watson, the third quarterback chosen here by Drew Davenport in the 16th round. Taysom Hill, the fourth tight end drafted by Allen and Chris Chapman here from the 11th spot in the 16th. Terrace Marshall and Alec Pierce then go uh, to Manns and Ballard, respectively. Jared Goff, third quarterback chosen after uh, already picking Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Uh, Josh Larkey goes with Jared Goff there. Um, Marvin Jones, uh, right after that to Baker and Brock Wandale Robinson, a rookie receiver to Jack Miller, Gus Edwards to Jason Steves, Chris Evans to Ben Gretsch and Sean Siegel, Raheem Mostert off the board to Shelly Fossum. No wonder Farrell respects her so much. Uh, <laughs> she takes Raheem Mostert there. Shelly Fossum. I think I, I'd have to look back on this. She was either a season one or a season two guest on the high stakes fantasy footballer. I've been trying to get her back on the road of his high stakes lowdown, but her schedule is so busy. It's so difficult to pin her down. But one of these days we'll get Shelly Fawson back on Carson Wentz, a third quarterback chosen here by Matt Shelf. And then Deontay Foreman, the running back from Carolina via Tennessee goes to Rashad Cobb. Terp, is this a sleeper stack here uh, for Rashad Cobb's team in getting Kirk Cousins in the ninth? and K.J. Osborne in the 14th. Is there value in that? There's definitely value in it. I mean, it's definitely a different way to do it. I mean, he obviously waited a while on quarterback and didn't get really a stackable option up top. So, I mean, he takes K.J. Osborne, who has – you saw the flashes last year. He has the potential. He could easily, you know, take the next step this year. I mean, obviously he's not challenging Justin Jefferson, but – is there a world where he gets past Adam Thielen? Of course. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but sneaky stacks are what, what wins these leagues late. Like guys that you don't think, the Jamison Williams and the Jared Goffs, the Larky took, the, you know, who else is here? Carson Wentz and Terry McLaren. I'm not saying they're going to be the league winner, but most guys don't really pay attention to stacks as they come later in the draft. They're just worried about filling out their team. And you can get like the Texan stack that we've talked about a bunch of times with Jordan Collins with Davis Mills. I mean, there's plenty of targets to go around now. She missed it in the 17th and I sure would have loved to have seen her. And it's interesting. You can't get Shelly to come on the show. I talked to Shelly about playing in Kentucky and she said she would call me back with a little bit of a, a dismissive sort of wave of the hand. Bucky, that was in 2012. Still waiting. <laughs> We're still waiting for that phone call. I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, all she does is work and draft. I'm yeah. convinced. Well, and, we can and, help and her with the draft part. You know, I, I, I'll carry her bags for her if she would come, you know, whatever she wants. Farrell, I got to tell you, as long as we're talking about Minnesota Vikings, so I'm I'm in this um, in the very first uh, main event of the season for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, drawing to a close. Actually, we're in the 19th round there right now, which you can participate in the KFFSC main event at kffsc.com. Twenty-five thousand dollar grand prize this year. I was very excited uh, to see that I needed a receiver, and KJ Osborne looked really, really good there. Uh, this was probably I don't know 13th, 14th round in in Kentucky. I'm like, man. I love this. As they're pointing out in the YouTube chat, Adam Thielen gets hurt or Adam Thielen doesn't perform. KJ Osborne could be huge and was very excited to take him. And uh, then I realized I couldn't because his name wasn't in the in the uh, available players list. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? He was already taken. And yeah, that's, that's what they usually <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Oof. That's usually what that means. And, and so I was disappointed and I didn't get him in that. But it's still a lot of fun. KJ Osborne here going. The more experienced you get with the software, the less those things are going to be vexing to you, Bulky. 
<laughs> I was such an idiot too, because I mean, I facilitate a lot of FFPC drafts. It's like the first thing I do when I can't find a player in the player pool, we'll go to the board, see if he was selected. And I didn't, you know, it was so silly. In any event, let's get back to it, uh, gentlemen here. There was, was there one other thing I wanted to point out in this 16th round? What about Terp? Let's actually, Farrell, let me pitch this to you. The rise of Chris Evans. So early on, a couple of months ago, I was getting some Ajay Pirine late in a lot of leagues, and I felt pretty good about that. It seems like Chris Evans has not only leapfrogged Pirine, it seems like he is significantly ahead of him. If you're looking for uh, the backup to Joe Mixon, it sounds like it's going to be Chris Evans as as far as a fantasy guy that you want to own. Maybe Pirine gets more touches, but Chris Evans getting the high-value touches in Cincinnati. Um, you know, and Turp brought uh... – his athleticism to my attention and I revisited it today and I saw his combine numbers and I recalled then that they were of elite status. Um, I did not see him play as much in college as I would have liked to. So yes, now he carried the ball 17 times last year. Uh, I would think that he would have gotten a little bit more work and Pirine was noticeable in the backfield, but he didn't get a lot of carries either. So are we just deciding that Mixon is no longer a three-down back and one of these guys is going to be on the field? Then this draft pick makes sense. Otherwise, it's it's it, it's a handcuff, but a handcuff with a very, very electric, athletic player uh, who has a little more size than I thought he has. So thank you, Turp, for bringing my attention to this player. Despite the fact that I'm 88 miles from the Cincinnati facility, I was not very well schooled on Chris Evans. Um, one other thing I will bring up before we get into the 17th round, which just drew to a close. Deshaun Watson went in the 16th. Okay, mm-hmm. not that compelling. We get it, 16th round. But when you look at who took him, footballguys.com analyst. Slash attorney Drew Davenport <laughs> taking Deshaun Watson, as Shane Hallam pointed out in the chat room. I don't know, guys. There might be something to an attorney taking, and I believe he's a defense attorney too, if I remember correctly. There might be something to Drew Davenport taking Deshaun Watson here in the 16th. Maybe we should be revisiting this and taking a look at Watson in our own main events, best balls, and so on and so forth. I don't know. Just something I thought was worth pointing out. He might know something. He might know something. Yeah, it certainly has. He Drew Davenport has forgotten more about the law than I will ever know. So I would trust his judgment on that more so than anybody else's. Marcus Mariota leading off the 17th round to Rashad Cobb. Marlon Mack, a lot of M's, M&M's here. Marlon Mack to uh, Matt Schell from Draft Sharks. Paris Campbell to Shelly Fossum. Trey McBride, the second tight end taken by uh, Gretsch and, uh, and Siegel here. McBride backing up Darren Waller. George Pickens, the rookie out of Georgia, now in Pittsburgh goes to Jason Steves, Daryl Williams to establish the runs. Jack, um, why am I blanking on his last name now? Miller. I bet Jack Miller. Gee, I want to call him Mitchell, and I knew that wasn't it. Jack Miller. This is way too much. This is why we don't do six pros versus Joes in a row anymore. we got to stop it after three and then reload for next week. Thank you. Jack Miller, Terp. I appreciate that. Uh, Will Fuller to uh, Jason Steves. Logan Thomas right after that to Josh Larkey as his second tight end. K.J. Hamler off the board to Liz Ballard. Sammy Watkins, the new Green Bay Packer to Jeff Manns. Eno Benjamin and Kendrick Bourne completing the 17th round. Eno Benjamin to uh, Allen and Chris Chapman. Kendrick Bourne to Drew Davenport. So a couple of interesting tight ends off the board here. Terp, what do you make of Trey McBride backing up Zach Ertz in a redraft format like this in Arizona? What are your thoughts on Trey McBride this year? 
I'm not a big fan of the rookie tight ends and the guy from Denver, Dulwich, I think his name is, and then McBride. We talked about this a little last night. I, I They just have so many hurdles to get over to get past Hurts and Alberto, obviously, in Denver. I guess you could say it's a second tight end. He has Darren Waller, so I don't know. Would Darren you Waller, feel different, Terp? Would you feel different if they came out with a um... – yeah, if they came out with the depth chart and the rookie quarterback Dulwich was the starting tight end, no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't feel different. <laughs> no, I just I'm not a big. I've got I wouldn't say I got burned, but I, I had a good amount of Kyle Pitts last year, and we all know Kyle Pitts is a star. But I mean, as a Falcons, except in the end zone, except, except in the end zone, I expected a lot more from him last year, and and was definitely let down. I still love him this year, but like as you said earlier with the quarterback issues, I don't see a I don't see a path with Trey McBride gets you there unless Zach Ertz is a yeah. But you were spending trade. so much for those rookie tight ends, and then you know Fryermuth was a good buy in the ninth. Fryermuth was a great value last year, but I feel like he's a outlier when it comes to. Well, perhaps he is, but at this at this at where these rookies are going. Uh, that's just something to consider. I, the team with Trey Lance, who who owns the Trey Lance team? Josh Larkey. Okay, now Josh has got. It, that was what I was thinking was he might be going to compare Lance with Watson, and I, and and he uh, he took Zach Wilson, and then we rolled around and Watson got taken, and then he came back with Jared Goff. He's got he's got three quarterbacks on his team, which I think threw less than thirty five touchdowns last year. I thought that Watson and Lance and then any third quarterback would have been an interesting combination there. I was just – does anyone feel Zach Wilson is a 20-touchdown passing quarterback? I could year? definitely see that. Absolutely. 100% see it. Yeah, yeah. Where is, where, where's the ceiling? Where's the ceiling on Wilson? It's or is for, there one? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a ceiling for sure. It's tough for me, like, and I know he's going to make strides this year, and I know his, his weapons are better. It's still difficult for me to see him hitting 30 passing touchdowns. I could see I 25, agree. though. I mean, 25 maybe a ceiling, Farrell, 25, 26, right around there. Mm-hmm. It's a tough division. And what's his floor if he stays uh, if he stays healthy for passing touchdown? What's his floor? I mean, it's double digits for sure, right? 100%. Yeah, well, he was nine last year, and, yeah, he'll do better than that this year. Okay. That was, that right. was... Hey, guys, um, Shane Hallam, uh, who drafted Sunday night, the managing partner for Draft Countdown, the co-host of the Devi Marketplace, and a writer for Dynasty League Football, says in the YouTube chat, if he can get off the pup, Daniel Bellinger is my pick for the top rookie yes. tight end this year. What yes. about – talk about him, Farrell. Well, th- there's a player that – it, you know, it, it, it Terp says, well, you know, he, that guy can't catch the ball. You might look at this tight end and say, well, look at his stats. He must not catch the ball. If, if anyone has stayed up late uh, on Saturday night and watched Mountain West football, you see the ball and nothing in the, you know, Zach Wilson. That's where you fall in love with Zach Wilson. Except the only, the only team that doesn't throw the ball around is San Diego State. And, and that's where this tight end comes from. And it, but he has great pass catching skills, uh, and I think probably twenty five catches last year. But you can throw that off the board. I think he's starting on the pup list, but I don't think he's hurt 
uh, very badly. He he has tremendous upside uh, in in that offense. You remember uh, just you you see what happens with the tight ends with with the with the new coach with where the where the coach was and what he would expect from this player. Yeah, this is a rookie tight end that will be playing very very well towards the end of the season. I'm all in on this player with this kind he's, of draft. He's definitely a good guy to watch. I mean, they did work out Dusty Eric Ebron. It looks like the other day. Mm-hmm. That probably means absolutely nothing. Um, but you saw what Dawson Knox turned into in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones is what Ricky Seals Jones is. He's a okay veteran guy. Yeah. Who's gonna, this is this is the player. This is their starting tight end. There's there's it, no. It's, it, it just might take a little bit for him to get there. And with this team, I think there's a little bit of a win now window with Daniel Jones to see if you know he's going to get his money mm-hmm. or they're going to move on from him. Hey guys, round 18 is uh, complete here. Uh, let's go through it here. Sony Michelle to uh, Drew Davenport. AJ Green, another receiver taken by the Chapmans. Kenyon Drake to uh, Jeff Manns. Kyle Rudolph off the board as the third tight end selected, the second Buccaneers tight end selected uh, to Liz Ballard tonight, third tight end for her. Zamir White, uh, Don, wow, he, he has fallen a little bit. Zamir White in the 18th round to Josh Larkey. Brian Edwards, the new Falcons receiver goes to uh, Baker and Brock. Mo Alley-Cox, the third tight end uh, for Jack Miller. God, I wanted to call him Mitchell again. This draft can't end soon enough. <laughs> Curtis Samuel to Jason Steves. Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. Uh, now in Tennessee, he goes to Gretchen and uh, Siegel. Tyler Batty, the Baltimore Ravens running back to Shelly Fossum. DPJ, a.k.a. Donovan Peoples-Jones to Matt Schauf. And then Dearness Johnson, the Cleveland Brown, going to Rashad Cobb as his number seven running back here in the 18th round. Um, Terp, Tyler Batty. Well, no, let's not talk about Tyler Batty. Let's talk about Hassan Haskins, because I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, and I've been saying this, and Farrell knows this, I've been saying this on on the HSFF over the last couple of months. If you believe Henry's wheels fall off this year, then you should want to be in business with the backup Titans running back. For you, Terp, is Haskins the guy to own there over Dontrell Hilliard? Over 20% ownership on Haskins as of right now. I just looked a little bit earlier across, you know, all best ball right now. He's my guy. He's my handcuff that you're getting for free right now. I mean, he's pretty much 18th, 17th, 19th round, sometimes 20th rounds, depending on where you draft. He's the guy that I'm targeting. Definitely the guy that, you know, if I'm saying what I'm saying about Derek Hendry, Haskins is a guy I'm getting late as my fifth, sometimes sixth running back and, it could be a monster if it pays off. Who did you, you score those four rushing touchdowns against in Big Ten play last year? Was it Michigan State? Was it? I, I think was, it was. I think he was just fantastic. No, he actually was Ohio State. Ohio State. He was leading our uh, John Anderson, a noted player in the FFPC and the KFFSC. And, and when we got together at our Super Bowl party and draft, John drafted him in every draft, not knowing where he would end up. But he said, you know. If the guy can rush for four touchdowns against Ohio State, that's my guy. Guys, I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at a YouTube video right now. Um, put out, I think, by the University of Michigan. No, it's not. It's it's somebody else. But the um, but the the video is Haskins had five rushing touchdowns Those against the Ohio State University. Yeah, there yeah you that's go. insane. In, insanity. Yeah. Um, and and Terp before John Anderson would draft this player, he would start playing on on the same YouTube. The um, the Michigan fight song. 
It, it, was, it was a fantastic way to. Play. It was a good year last year for Michigan until the yeah. playoff where they got embarrassed. <laughs> Isn't that frustrating too? When you have that much time to prepare for a team and just, I mean, it was over by halftime. The doors got blown out. It That's was embarrassing. Just, I was excited. I was, I was actually staying. I was because that was New Year's Eve, and I yeah. got together my family and a couple other friends' families. We got together at a hotel to to party with. And there's a pool and water park and with the kids and everything. And I was excited to tuck into that, watch some college football. And at halftime, I'm like, let's go play some ping pong or foosball. Two terrible and games. I can't, Absolutely yeah, terrible it was, games. It, that was rough. That was real. Alabama, rough. Utah was just as bad. Yeah. That was Utah. No, um, Cincinnati. I'm sorry. No, Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, I don't believe we've seen the Cincinnati quarterback go off the board yet tonight. The new Atlanta Falcon. We may not see him tonight um, in Desmond Ritter. 19th round is done. CJ Uzuma to Rashad Cobb. Zay Jones to Matt Schaub. Baker Mayfield off the board to Shelly Fossum. Greg Dulcich to Gretsch and Siegel, Sterling Shepard, Jason Steves, David Bell, Jack Miller, a couple of tight ends here, Adam Troutman uh, to um, Baker and Brock, uh, Tyler Conklin off the board to Tyler Larky. Uh, Matt Breida makes it to um, the nine team, which is Liz Ballard does not have Saquon Barkley. That's what I was trying to figure out there. Byron Pringle off the board to Jeff Manns, Devin Duvernay to uh, the Chapmans, and then, of course, Jeff Wilson, the final pick of the uh, 20th, uh, beg your pardon, of the 19th round to Drew Davenport. Farrell, are we, we, we know that Jeff Wilson is going to get the first crack of being the backup to um, uh, Elijah. Thank you, Elijah Mitchell there in San Francisco. Why is he going late for, for you know, a, a team that runs the ball quite a lot and wants to run the ball again this year to take some pressure off Trey Lance? Shouldn't Jeff Wilson be going higher? I don't know, and I think he had two 100-yard rushing games last year, I think. So why isn't Jeff Wilson being drafted higher? I think these are inequities that may be corrected by the Elijah Mitchell uh, drafters as we move closer to our live main events. Uh, that was the first pick uh, Uzuma in the 19th yes, round? correct. Yep. lost a lot of respect about that player. Uh, around Super Bowl time, he was questioned uh, that he might be dating Kay Adams. So the answer to that was – Yes or no comment with an eye wink, you know, and he said no. And I just I lost a lot of respect for the guy. You don't know how to handle a question like that. My goodness. Well, what, what do you, Farrell, what do you make now? Who's the K Adams replacement? It's um, um Jamie Erdahl. Jamie Erdahl. Jamie right? Erdahl, yeah. And now have you have you seen her in action yet? I know she was quite the athlete in college. I heard she was a two-sport athlete. Uh, for a Division three school that's escaping me right now. St. Olaf. Um, She's a St. Oh, Olaf. Minis is that's Minnesota, right? Yes, sir. Uh, wow. Rose Nyland. That's an impressive knowledge. Girls, I believe went to St. Olaf, if I'm remembering correctly, to bust out a Golden Girls reference here in the 20th round of the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Um, what do you make of Jamie Erdahl so far? Are you a fan? Um, well, it's a learning curve, and it's it's difficult. Um, it, that's, a, that's a tough act to follow. Uh -huh. let's, just, let's just put it that way. And, you know. Uh, and one of the McCordy's is, is taking Nate Burleson's place, right? That's an equally tough act to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and they'll they'll find their way, but they haven't yet. And, uh, you know, my 97-year-old mother is waiting for Kay to, to come back. <laughs> that was That's my next I'm question. Because yeah, I know she was it, crushed when Kay Adams she, left. She, and, she was crushed. She would, she would point out Kay's. Uh, clothing choices on a regular day. And that's how we would begin every day. And uh, she called Jamie Ertle a school marm today, <laughs> but that's, that's, you know, what can we do? It is what it is, man. It mm -hmm. is what it is. 
Uh, in the meantime, we have reached the end of this draft, guys. I'll go through the 20th round here. Braxton Berrios to Drew Davenport. Randall Cobb, not Rashad Cobb, Randall Cobb going to the Chapmans here at the 11 spot. Mitch Trubisky off the board is the third quarterback. Pro Bowl quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. That's how I'm going to refer to him from now on. Pro Bowl quarterback, Mitch Trubisky to uh, Jeff Manns. Isaiah McKenzie off the board to Liz Ballard. Dontrell Hilliard, uh, the Titans running back we were just discussing. He is a 20th round pick for Josh Larkey. James Washington to Brock and Baker. Cedric Wilson to Jack Miller. Odell Beckham to Jason Steves. Jonu Smith, a couple of uh, – now, this is interesting because um, Gretch and um, Sean Siegel, Ben Gretch and Sean Siegel, took Darren Wallen in the third round. Did not take another tight end until the 17th, but they took three tight ends with their last four picks. Dulcich in the 19th and then Jonu Smith in the 20th. Romeo Dubs, I'm starting to like him quite a bit as a Green Bay Packer receiver. He goes uh, here to Shelly Fossum. And then John Bates, the tight end, goes to Matt Schaub, LaVisca Chenault, the final pick of the draft tonight to Rashad Cobb. All right, guys, we, we're coming up on the two-hour mark. I don't want to keep you longer, and I, I know the listeners or the viewers, I beg your pardon, have about run out of um, gas as this is the third straight two-hour podcast we're doing with this with these drafts. Anything stand out to you? And uh, and I'll just put it out there. You know, was it a, was there a player that you think we should discuss where he went? Was there a team construction that you think is interesting? Was there a team that you really think did really well tonight? You know, we've talked about Josh Larkey doing pretty good. We've talked about Drew Davenport doing pretty good tonight. We've talked about some of the other teams that maybe didn't do so good. Um, Farrell, I'll throw it to you first. Is is there anything sort of as you look at the lay of the land here, 20 rounds, 12 teams, that's 240 players. Is there anything that stands out to you? What are you looking at right now? In review, I love team five. I know that uh, Terp probably doesn't agree with me, but you said we only have to start two running backs. Is that correct in this yep. concept? Mm-hmm. And and so I can I can live with that. I, I still believe in Derrick Henry. I like what they did in their construction. They picked two quarterbacks. They didn't overpay for them. They picked two tight ends. They didn't overpay for them. Wouldn't necessarily have been my tight ends, but I can get on board with it. And I love the shots at receiver that they took down uh, to end the draft with with four receivers. I would have probably taken others, but, you know, six out of their last seven picks were wide receivers, and I think they will score uh, their first four receivers, Claypool, Olav, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Jamar Chase. you know, it'll take injuries to those guys or bye weeks for the other receivers to score. I like this team a lot. Yeah, Jason Steves has won a lot of money in the FFPC over the years. Won numerous leagues at not only in in best ball, but football guys, players, championship, FFPC main events. And uh, he could be adding a, a pros versus Joe's league title here with this squad tonight. I certainly like it as well. He knows what he's doing. Terp, who else knew what they were doing tonight in this draft that impressed you? To me, the two clear favorites are Team 3 and Team 7. Uh, I talked about Josh Larkey's team a bunch, but Team 3 is just as quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Larkey, in my opinion, got a little cute at the end of the draft with tight, the tight end position. It might come back to Burnham. That's why I favor Team 3 slightly with my combo of Cole Komet, Irv Smith, and then also a guy that we all like in Brevin Jordan. A pick that we didn't talk about that, that I wanted to just bring up real quick, 20th round, Isaiah McKenzie is a great is a great value right there. You're talking about a guy who's getting the first team slot work already. You know, Jameson Crowder, I saw today in the practice blurb, he's still on a bike. What that means, who knows? But Isaiah McKenzie is a shifty. You you saw him late in the season. Yeah, he's a good player. And to get him in the 20th round, 
with Josh Allen in a stack that's pretty much unowned is very good. Yeah, there's not, there's certainly not a problem with that. I'll go back to Shelly Folsom's team. She, she was given the hint to take one Davis Mills and complete her Texan stack, and she took Baker Mayfield. That will eliminate her from contention in this league, having the third quarterback like Don't Mayfield. hate on my boy Baker. But she, will, <laughs> um, she will sharpen those skills if she will leave her uh, great state of Texas, head to Kentucky, and spend the weekend with us on the 26th through the 28th, and she won't make those mistakes when she gets to Las Vegas, returning and continuing her winning ways. Just keep How that phone handy. Keep that phone in. It's going to ring soon. What a what a what a great! Uh, I think she probably blocked my number. I think that's what no. Happened. Come on, probably by accident. No, no, no. Totally I think that's kind of what happened. I, I, there. Listen, she's she works for for these massive companies compiling numbers for him as a CPA. She is very busy, uh, mm. you know, all the time. Now I always call her on April fifteenth too. Yeah, but don't do that. That'd be like the worst. That you yes, gotta she's wait. Definitely not answering that. Yeah, let her breathe. Let her breathe. We're gonna let this breathe, guys. Three of them in. We got three more to go. I always think the second week is so much more compelling because not only do you have the guys, everybody trying to get their guys, but they're they're analyzing the first three drafts and trying to compute like, okay, if this is what these thirty six owners did, then how do I modify the you know my draft so I can get the players I want? And then not only that, knowing that everybody else has access to these drafts, which will be posted on social media and the FFPC message board shortly, that they're going to take a look at this too. And then it becomes a race. And there's a, you know, I don't want to say the first three drafts were checkers because they're all chess, but the chess gets amplified next Mm. week for these final three drafts. So I'm very, very excited. A great job by all 12 teams tonight. Really appreciated um, talking about this with you guys. I thank you for hanging um, and, and covering the show in, in my stead earlier in the program. You guys were awesome on that. We will follow Dave on Twitter, at Dave Turp. We'll check out all his great tight end tweets that go viral. And, Farrell, we will follow you on Twitter at Elliott. but more importantly, um, yeah, signing up for all the leagues, uh, the Run to Daylight, the KFFSC main event, the Draftmasters, everything going on, not only online for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, but live in Cincinnati and live in Louisville at KFFSC.com. Gentlemen, it was great. Let's do it again on Sunday. Have a great Thank night, you. guys. Dave Terpoli, Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, joining the broadcast tonight. Certainly appreciated them uh, and everything they did, all the content that they provided tonight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this will complete tonight's episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. want to thank the godfather of the FFPC pros versus Joe's Darren Armani, the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and of course, most of all, all of our viewers here tonight, or whether you're listening and streaming this later. Uh, This will complete week one of the pros versus Joes. Farrell and I will be back this Friday at 10, 9 central for the woman who picked ninth in this draft tonight, Liz Ballard. She is a 13 time FFPC league winner. She's going to break down this draft. She's going to break down the football guys players championship and the main event in the FFPC where you could win a million bucks. That is coming up at 10, 9 central on Friday. If you don't want to watch that show, what are you doing? But I understand it's Friday night. You got stuff going on. Just join us for Sunday because pros versus Joe's uh, week two will resume Sunday night at eight o'clock Eastern time. It's the finish him league number four. Um, The Joe's we're going to have that night. Jeremiah Turner, Chris Herbert, Steve Schatzel, uh, Chris Hammond, Larry Weinhauer, former guest of this show, James DeVito and John Terry, who's been on this show multiple times as well. Those are the FFPC Joes. As far as the pros, we're going to have John Paulson from 4 for 4. 
Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarlane, who make up the fantasy football hustle. Jim Coventry from Rotowire will be drafting. JJ Zacharyson from Late Round Fantasy Football. Scott Pianowski from Yahoo Sports. And of course, Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. That is going to be a fun, fun draft, ladies and gentlemen, coming up Sunday night at 8 7 Central. As far as everything you could play in, in the FFPC, remember that main event slow drafts are off and running. So sign up for those at myffpc.com. Take your shot at a million bucks. You already got a team. Get your $400 discount on that uh, for your additional teams. Multiple football guys drafts filling daily. Commissioned a couple of those drafts tonight, as you may or may not have picked up on. Um, and uh, we'll have multiple drafts filling every single day uh, from here on out. It's only going to pick up steam. You don't have to wait around for a draft. They're going to fill. The 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament Grand Prize has doubled to $200,000. Grand, uh, uh, beg your pardon, the prize pool doubled up to uh, just over a million bucks there. And the inaugural Superflex Best Ball Tournament continues to fill at a rapid rate. That will be our first national contest that will fill up um, now before the start of the season. So get in on that while you can. You want to participate in Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues? We got plenty of those going on as well. MyFFPC.com has never had a Dynasty League fold, and we have over a 1,000 of them going on there. Plenty of slow, live, sit-and-go, best ball drafts, various formats, Terminator, Varsity, Classic, Best Ball, Superflex, whatever you want. That's all at MyFFPC.com. If you got five bucks, the FFPC has a draft for you. That is a wrap on week one of the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joes. Your weekend officially won't start yet, but your week will continue now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. As a reminder, um, ladies and gentlemen, I will have these uh, draft boards posted on the FFPC message boards, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour social media, my social media, as well as the FFPC social media probably within the next couple hours. So if you want to look at the full draft board, you'll be able to enjoy them there. We will see you again, hopefully Friday at 10, 9 central uh, on the high stakes fantasy football hour. But if not, we'll see you Sunday night, eight, seven central week two gets it going. Ladies and gentlemen, pros versus Joe's it's the best time of the year. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.